Hi everyone, this is Stuart from Radio Keys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could do us a huge favor and please lend us a five-star review on iTunes, that would really help sort us to the top of the queue. It really helps out the algorithm, I guess, when you have more ratings, especially when you're higher rated. So thank you so much for doing that, and thanks again for listening. So we have a show coming up in Concord at Vinny's on August 17th. Um, please stop by and check it out. It would be great to see you and say hi. Uh, we're playing with Coast Tribe. We're playing with Rossmore and Morning Mountains. It's going to be a great time. And uh, again, we'd love to have a, a drink with you and maybe get to know you a little bit. So please come by and say hi. Uh, August 17th, Vinny's in Concord. All right, now up next, Emily and I are going to get together and start talking about the band and their iconic farewell concert and music documentary, The Last Waltz. <laughs> With Tommy, yeah. yeah, that's why it feels like a lot. We of snubbed time. you. Also, just the like you're snubbing me from that comfy couch right now, I'm on this hard chair. Don't you love this love seat? We should tell Tom how much we love this love seat. Well, I'm gonna take it for my. Home I'm sitting studio, on a love so. seat that I salvaged from my grandparents' house uh, when when we were moving everything out. After she passed, we uh, were, yeah. After, everyone got to like kind of pick stuff that they liked. Well, in I came house. in and I look at this love seat. It's this kind of it's super 70s and it's like brown and green. It's got flowers all over it, and I was like, I want that, and it's like the only <laughs> thing that I grabbed along with a, like an electric green chair and I've told Tom I'm like one day we'll have that in our house and he's just like nope <laughs> I know <laughs> you guys, like we will never have that in our home that you guys had the opportunity to also and he, so many times <laughs> we've had the opportunity I'm like we I mean, you just guys just that moved to Oakland congratulations yes, cheers on salute, that salute. so we uh so this is our cheers 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 ah so we, uh, yeah, our regular podcast spot no longer exists. Well, it exists, but we don't live there anymore. The St. Helene. Yeah, the Saint- just <laughs> evaporate. It's just disappeared <laughs> into the abyss of time and space. Um, it's got, yeah, we, uh, we moved out got a week ago tomorrow, today. Um, Actually, a lot of things have happened since the last podcast. A lot has happened. We've a uh, lot has happened. That's that's partially why we haven't been podcasting. We've been transitioning our lives. Tom and I now live in the Oakland Hills at this really cool treehousey, peaceful spot yeah. that we love in kind of Montclair Piedmonty border area. I think yeah, it's technically it's like, Piedmont it's like Pines. Mon- it's Montclair. Yeah, pretty much. It's right above Montclair. It's Village. Like Joaquin Miller Park and in Montclair, like right yes. between. Let's say my address. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's just say it right. <laughs> Six, six, six. Oh, Hell got, Boulevard. That's close, close. That's dark. Um, so yeah, so we've left the Napa Valley, and it's uh, it's been a fun transition, and, and uh, we're closer to gigs. Tom, the first night we spent in Oakland, Tom had a gig in San Francisco, and when we lived in San Helena, he would get home at about four in the morning, Just because he was leaving. You know, he was leaving at two. Stop playing around one forty-five. Leave at two twenty, and it was about a ninety-minute drive. So he'd get home at four, Hellish. and then he'd work in the morning. Yeah. So now, like our first night in San Helena, uh, sorry, in Oakland, I like was there, you know, cleaning and getting everything ready that Friday night. And then he had a San Francisco gig and he got home at like, I think he left the gig and it was like a 17 minute drive or something yeah. crazy. That's where the Bay Area should be, and but with all the congestion. And he got home at 240 or something. And he's like, it's just such a huge difference like to our yeah. lives. And yeah, us playing Radio Keys gigs closer well, is really also, great. Also, in addition to your move, Alante and I also moved to a house ah, in Concord. yes. Have so, we not podcasted since then? No, we I haven't we podcasted haven't. since then. So a month before, yeah, in July, 
how you you guys yeah. moved to Concord. So, so we moved to Radio Concord. Key's roommates. Yeah. And I we we have zero furniture in the house other than our own personal room. So we've been a lot of spending a lot of time just in our own rooms because there's nowhere to there's like, nowhere to sit hang or, out. Like, hang out. Yeah. No, it's rough. And it's a beautiful house. It's like wood floors throughout. But that love seat's gonna go in our office, and the office yeah, is like really cool. my studio, and then uh, Amber's like whole makeup and office area. Office. We'll call it an office. We'll call, it, like office. That. She, we'll call it an office. She usually uses it to like just get ready in. Well, the lighting's better. The lighting's yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hot as hell in Concord every day. It's hot right now. We're in it's Concord right at our now. parents' house. Um, yeah. We've been doing some recording, and the thing with my house in Concord is there's like hardwood floor, it's all, you know, bare walls. It's right. so echoey. And not even just yeah. echoey, like good echoey. It's like pingy echoey. So it's pretty miserable to record in there. Right. So the parents' house has like, you know, they have a lot of great paintings up. They have a beautiful carpet. And we just like built a wall of blankets around Emily. Yeah. Um, so you. yeah. So we're recording, <laughs> to be clear, we're recording a podcast right now. But yesterday we did a lot of recording uh, for our record that's hopefully coming out in the next like month or it, two. It will. Um, cause none of my vocals are, we're done now we're, we're like halfway there. Um, but when we did the Prairie Sun recording, I was doing scratch vocals the whole time. Yeah. Um, which was, which was rough. I yeah. left being like, none of my work is done. It, Four it days felt, later, none of my work is it, done. We felt bad telling you that like, Hey, no, I, I so knew it was all this just, just going to be scratch because I know yeah. you like wanted to, it's like to have like a real deal studio and like have the experience of recording and have something lasting take place in that studio like of your own mm -hmm. is is a special feeling and it's like it, it just felt well shitty. we created this thing together yeah. I felt like I was a big part of it I didn't oh, feel like left sure. out we but definitely couldn't have done it without you it's, I, aw, yeah. I knew that nothing I was doing and we worked four days ten hour days you know it, yeah. was, it, was, a it was a rough lot. turnaround um, not, I knew that nothing I was doing was going to be like laid out on wax yeah. or whatever I, I knew that it was all going to be kind of scratchy and thrown away mm -hmm. and I was I was fine with it i was like you know i was i was there for it and i was we did everything live you know and yeah. so i was you know singing we did each song what sounding, six times I mean, it's sounding really good like we we yeah. just went over i hadn't listened to those recordings pretty much since i'd moved because we'd just been so swamped we've been busy yeah and um we just listened to him to record you and i was like dude these are sounding they sounded good. really good and <laughs> yeah, we have uh good. we've already announced that we have the the horns right I think so. Yeah, we have uh, West Grand Brass, uh, Chris, Adam, and Jordan it are playing on it. So good. Yeah, I they had sound so really I good. hadn't really I had heard them um, like on my headphones at work. You sent me the tracks, but like to hear them in my headphones when we were recording, I was like, these boys nailed it. Yeah, they really did, and they, they did it in six hours. It, it sounds so. <laughs> a couple like of our songs hours, sound like super tunes. like New Orleansy. Like they sound really. It sounds really cool. I'm really yeah. excited. I'm excited. So too. so yeah, we're we're wrapping. I just up. have a lot to like. I have a yep, lot of yeah. fat to trim so it's like a lot of work for me just sitting in the studio like editing and it's like I know. Uh, I'm kind of dreading it it's but, the the non-glamorous oh part it's of a the, super non-glamorous yeah no shit. I mean none, yeah. of it's, none of recording is really glamorous it's no. all just clocking in and working but yeah. yeah we're really excited we just need an album title and a cover yeah I've been brainstorming about the cover and I have some ideas usually so Alante shoots what you... us down when we come up yeah <laughs> we're like what about this and he's like that's I hate it I hate but it. I like nope. that he shuts it down yeah. right away and we need a, yeah, we need an objective ear. Yeah. I always fuck We were also objective. real drunk last night, like, talking about it. We're like, dude, we're this like, is this the best is idea the, of all this time. This is the title. And then we send it to Alonso, <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> he just... 
Dude, we need to he send was our... right. It was not the title. We were way too stoked on it. And he was just like, no. <laughs> I still like it. Is that wrong? I like it too. I know, it's not, whatever. It's not it. Uh, we, hey, we uh, we played a gig today and we debuted a brand new song. Oh, and yeah, it we did. I forgot about suck. that. Yeah. How did it How did it go? When we do a two-piece, we kind of just wing it sometimes when like we feel like nobody's really listening to us. Like we played a really, We're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do something weird. There were actually a lot of people listening they to were. us. They so. were. We played uh, We played Silver Oak Winery. We played their release day. It's, it was Let's just it was say, let's huge. describe this day. So this isn't like the typical concert where you like, you know, pack up all your stuff, drive to some marquee with your name on it or someone you're supporting's name right. on it, and it's like ten o'clock at night, and you you know you do that late night thing. No, this, this was, was like was a, a we wake up at seven job. o'clock in the morning, yep. drive to Napa Valley. And Where I ironically just moved away from. Yeah. <laughs> so we would have had a 15 oh, it would minute have been drive. Great. We could have, we could have like, dr- we could have recorded at your old house and we could have like, oh yeah, it would have been. in to like I nine. mean, I'm so sorry I moved to <laughs> Oakland, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it was just ironic that this gig was like a week after we moved and it's like, shit, now we have to drive yeah. up to Napa. So we drive to so. Napa, seven o'clock. Like, we wake up at seven, leave at about 7 45, get there right. around nine ish right. because we had the most miserable experience at a place that will not be named. So after all that, um, well, we made it on, we made good time, but it, we it did. always we gives me a little anxiety. We got there later anxiety. than we were supposed to. It's yeah. a problem. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. So we played this huge, so Silver Oak Winery in Oakville, we played this big, it's, it was their release day. It's like 75 bucks a ticket or something. And I did not expect that many people. It was like, I I don't know, a thousand people. It was close to that. Maybe, maybe closer to, ah, I I'm actually really told someone a thousand earlier, but I think it was probably like 600 to 800. It was a lot. So we basically played at the entrance. We started playing at 10 in the morning and I was like, no one's going to be here. But there was a huge line of people, like yeah. people. Anyway, they do it once a year. It's a release of their cab, like their flagship, I think. And um, so we were like the two piece band. It was just me and Stuart. We played for about two and a half hours as people came in and they really streamed in. Yeah, the entire like, time there were just people streaming in for like two hours. We were like, holy shit. Yeah. And people would could sit and watch us and stuff and uh, and yeah. We could have done a full band, but... There were two yeah, full bands that played after us. Um, I think it was great the the way we did it. Like, yeah. Because we have like a good chemistry where we're like chatting and we're not taking ourselves too seriously. Right. And we were on the ground. Like we weren't on yeah. a stage. Yeah. Know? So I think that's like a good way to like appeal to to people in that kind of setting you know yeah. we, we we made some we made some friends i think yeah for sure and it's like it's people a humble it. appearance you know right. when you're like not on the big stage like on a side stage and you're like laughing at yourself and with each other and yeah. you know you're you're still playing well you're not like sucking but you're right. you know you have like you're just like, aha, uh-huh. you, you know, we have like a lot of self-deprecation we were more that we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> we were very approachable. People were chatting with us in between. People brought us wine. And yeah, like, this one did. We got empanadas. <laughs> yeah, these girls come over with empanadas. They're just like, these these are from over here. You know, we like we saw you guys and we wanted to bring you some empanadas. And yeah, there was a ton of food. There was a ton of wine. Um, there was just a lot going on. It was it was a big thing. I didn't expect it to be that kind of big. Yeah, me um, neither. But it was a lot of fun. And yeah, we debuted uh, a brand new song that we kind of finished last night that we haven't really done with the full band yet but you and I were kind of comfortable just going hey you know let's let's, let's try this out it. yeah let's see what happens it, see what works see what doesn't work and yeah. I thought it worked like I thought it worked great and it's short and sweet we didn't yeah. need to write a crazy a bridge minutes. or overdo it or or really much of a chord change it pretty much just no. it's all like <laughs> the beauty about this song is it's like it has like one little musical interlude where it's like um kind of uh, a lead part right but other than that it's like all just a one you know flat three four progression 
and then it just kind of has dynamic build where it like gets more intense and then it strips down. Then it gets more intense and it strips down. So it's like yeah. it has some finger picking part, but it doesn't really deviate from that chord progression, it's, which is different but kind of cool. It's it's one of the songs that we wrote because you sent me a little weird recording of your guitar part and then I wrote to it and then I found it a month later and went, oh shit, I forgot that I like yeah. wrote lyrics. So yeah, that's how I actually came forgot about. that I totally wrote that and sent it to you because like, I was like, me on guitar? <laughs> no, I was just like, damn, Emily wrote a dope song. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't play guitar like that. Yeah. So it's definitely not me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so we, uh, and we got paid. Well, we got, we got paid. Well, we got food. We got, they fed us. They it, gave was us just, nice it was just a great experience. Great day. Yeah. Really it's, great. it's good as a musician to have those days where you're like, Oh, we can actually make, you know, some some good money off something that we love and we we worked for a couple hours and you know it's it feels good um so to before and we've been uh, super productive these last two days so overall we've been feeling pretty yeah we pretty got a, we got like five songs down yesterday that i sing lead on because you know our new record is basically kind of split between us between us singing two, leads and then yeah. obviously we back each other up in every song but i think we're, it's, it's about split um so we did all my lead song oh almost all my lead songs except for my everest song that i just kept <laughs> screwing up it wasn't that you were screwing up it was like the style that you were trying to sing it in wasn't necessarily what i had in mind so we kind of had a little bit of a creative difference we just both just moved on top. i'm like let's just do it a different time yeah. and it's like we were on a roll with these other tunes yeah. but um but anyway um before we talk about what we were going to talk about today, I wanted to give some shout outs. Oh, shit. To some our, shout outs. Uh, I didn't even know this was coming. To our Radio Keys Rock and Roll Review oh, alumni. Okay. Yeah, okay, have, okay. okay, so the one that I'm most excited about, because I'm a little biased, um, my girl Anna Ash. Uh, just released a track called Apologies. I She's been teasing her new record. It's called L.A. Flame for like, well, when we sent her that interview and she very graciously wrote back this wonderful interview answers um, for the podcast we did on her. Um, she said, I have a new record coming out hopefully in the spring. And she said like February, March, April, something like that. It's so always I, longer. I've just been, I know. Well, we, <laughs> we told people longer. August. We're like, our record should be done by August. Like it always takes longer. Yeah. And it, that's a good sign. It means that they're really like, really taking the time to craft it yeah. and so she um so i've just been waiting on this album because i was so obsessed with her first record floodlights so she just released a song called apologies and i played it for the first time in my car driving here uh yesterday and just kind of played it loud and it is a straight up rock and roll tune it's dope it's like got this like rip and electric guitar the whole nice. time it's got she's this, got like, some good players down there in la bitching drums like yeah, and uh, it's super fun. So, um, and it's got a little. If you look it up on Spotify, it's got a little explicit thing next to it, which always gets me excited. You know, the little gray explicit <laughs> next to Dude, it. That bums me out. I'm like, I'm what like, does that even mean? Well, honestly, There's like one swear word. Like teaching students, like I they always want to learn some like hip hop song. I'm like, I'm not really sure how to teach you this hip-hop song on piano but we're gonna go for it right you know and then i'll like try to learn like the stupid hip-hop hip-hop like keyboards like ding 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 or whatever you know just something ridiculous and then i see that there's a little e next to it i'm like do your parents know that you're listening to this you're like literally like eight years old and it's like oh they're that young no they're young and i'm like well they must be hearing this i'm like but they're so I love and hate the little explicit thing because I'm like, who are you to say what's explicit and not explicit? It's you know, it's like who categorizes what's I think explicit? It's just Is it still the FCC to this any day? Any swear or? word? I think the in but the Anna Ash song, I think she says bullshit. But what categorizes a swear word? Like who Bitch. who like gets to swing the gavel and be like, this is a swear word, e? <laughs> and you're just like, what? 
it's yeah i mean there's some pretty explicit stuff i i, th- I think it looks cool we have the know. e next to us on spotify <laughs> well john john mulaney has that great bit about how like you know you can't say bitch or ass on television but he's like he's like i'll watch a csi and they're talking about like the most gruesome yeah. shit at 3 p.m on a on a sunday you know and he's like this oh. is worse no like, i actually this had is this way worse dude, i had this exact thing i was like at the uh i was like at the gym, 24-hour fitness in the Sun Valley Mall, I was just like, you know, doing my yeoman's Kid. work on the elliptical, Kid. doing my thing, trying to save my joints. And I look up, and it's all just CSI, like, you know, on wow. all the TVs. I'm like, is That's there anything? Like but check it out. Thing. It's not just CSI. It's decomposing bodies with <gasps> birds eating the bodies on Whoa. CSI. And I'm just, just like... Just playing in the gym. I'm just, just like, like, oh, my God. Yeah, so they can play <laughs> that, but they can't say, you they know... They can't say bitch. Asshole. Asshole. <laughs> Let's no. list all the Who words they can and can't say. <laughs> Shit. God damn. Um, um, oh, oh, so also. So yeah, shout out to uh, Sleepwalkers. Anna Ash. And then uh, hopefully her new record's Our coming boys, soon. Our well, boys, Sleepwalkers. Well, we're not really boys, but we love them. I we hope been, they love us too. I have been obsessed with the Sleepwalkers no, we, I've been recently. Obsessed. We went on our, our classic rock concert binge. Oh, yeah. Last night. We were mm-hmm. we were good and drunk. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we played. <laughs> Never enough. Du, 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 we were watching du, du, du. their videos. What's the one? What was the one where they turn into werewolves in the end? Oh, oh my God. God. That one was killing me last night. I thought it was so good. It's, dude, we need to do a video. Like, my, one of my ideas for our Hey Hey Charles video that I want to do is to do like an 80s horror movie style music video. Yeah. And then I saw that and I was like, well, now we can't do it. Sleepwalkers they just are it. one of the. We were talking in the car. We're like, they're like every bit of popular music from like the 70s to the 90s They've like so wrapped much into one going on yeah. and like but there's but it's so also like screaming unique. lead electric like rock and roll like a little bit of bob it's seger all like, my favorite things yeah like i love those so they they came out with a, a new record and then um oh it's wake up by the way that's the name, the name of the, of the t- record yeah it's got a no, cool no 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 the name of the record is ages Thank the name you. of the video is wake up that's the song they wake did. up wake up you're gonna yeah. lose the one so that gonna... album we were we were anticipating that album for a while they came out with wake up i think like months ago maybe like five or six months ago and yeah, then like, uh, they, they were finally like released leaking, the album yeah like leaking signals and then um the one that i was also really excited about um is that our boys the deslons who were have been deslons mu- Deslons, right? Isn't it like I lawn? It was Deslons. Deslons. Okay, well, I swear it's Deslons. We're not from Nolan, we'll so we don't know. <laughs> Deslons. I think I remember it being Nola. like being like L A W N S, like that's how I remember it. But um, hey, I'll take so we were really worried because their last record, Hurry Home, came out in 2017, and we were like, we were kind of like ri- like at the end of that podcast about the Deslons, we were like, we were like, maybe they're just not a band anymore. Like we didn't really know. And then boom, July 18th, they release they release a track with Twain, the guy with the the guy from um uh he's from Spirit Family Reunion. Spirit Family Reunion. Yeah. Thank he you. He plays violin. He or he used to play violin with Spirit Family Reunion. And he's who, got I can't remember great- if I talked about it on the podcast but i saw them yeah i figured out about them because i saw them open for the felice brothers in la the very what first time i saw the concert. felice brothers yeah oh man and um i was all alone in glendale california like for some insurance training program oh yeah and, you have uh, talked about this, for yeah. a straight week it was the same week that the the a's lost like a heartbreaking um wild card playoff game against the the royals but i was like i like I uh, took a bus to down. I can't remember where it was exactly, but it was in it was in Los Angeles, not Glendale. And um, I like was having a great time. It was 
super exciting. And you went to the show by yourself. And I right? went all by myself, and I uh, I was getting really drunk because it was the first time I'd seen the Felice oh, Brothers, yeah. and I was super excited. I met a few friends, these girls who were like super nice, and they were like, "Oh, we'll give you a ride home. Yeah, we'll help you out." And then uh, they just disappeared at the end of the show. That's right. Yeah, Did but, you just take like an expensive Uber? Oh, right? I took the most expensive Uber. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then I'm he took like the most Ubers. wrong way ever, and I like was just frustrated it was actually i was like so hung over the next day that i went to like the training program and i just straight up told the guy i was like i'm feeling like terrible i'm just gonna go back to the hotel and he was like you, you're gonna be fine for the test i'm like i'm gonna be super fine for the test you're just, like, like i don't I'm not need to fine be here. right now <laughs> I'm not fine. and but, sure enough i did fine but it was like it was one of the best things ever i met um I met James Felice, and he, I, I was. That's right. I cannot express how drunk I was. I, I I bought like tequila shots for us, and um, we took probably like a couple tequila shots, and then I asked him to sign my cell phone. Yeah, no, you've. I remember those. Um, <laughs> aw, it's yeah, good. I know. It, I was really excited to see them. It was not my best moment, but it was. It was fine. I'm sure it was jovial. But yeah, Twain, I, anyway. So Twain, where were we? So he's... <laughs> the Deslon. So his name with, is Matt Davidson. I had to look it up. Mm. Um, and yeah, one-time member of the Low Anthem and Spirit Family Reunion. So Twain and the Deslons just released a song called Run Wild. Run wild while you're young. And it's... Uh, it's really fun, and I recommend that. So yeah, so I've just I got really excited because um, and I have to shout out Spotify for the billionth time, but they do this release radar thing that I never look at, and I looked at it and it was like Anna Ash, Deslons, like Casey and Clayton had a new song. I was like, damn, dude, like all yeah, Casey our- and Clayton are opening for someone huge. I'm, oh I can't my remember God. who it was. It's, uh, uh, well, weren't they touring with um your boy Culture Wall? Um, Am I making that up? I think it's possible, We're but so that's, that doesn't ring a bell <laughs> for me. Oh, well, Casey and Clayton also toured with Jeff Tweedy. Am I making this up? No, they did because they. I think we like gushed about... Jeff Tweedy. They were saying general. like how excited. So they they released a song on July fifth called the four. That's my the birthday. 40, yeah, July fifth, the 49th parallel. Um, they're touring with somebody cool, and you know you're just gonna have to look it up because yeah. <laughs> I don't know who it is. It's somebody great. Um, and I'm sure a lot yeah. of other alumni we've had have rec- released stuff too yeah we um, oh charlie crockett just released sorry something. charlie the, crockett, valley. Uh, the valley the valley i did you yeah, know i had that on my crockett list and then i just yeah released the valley which is uh right now it's two songs on spotify but pretty soon it'll be a full how is that man releasing so much music it's completely absurd to me Oh, uh, Charlie Crockett is yeah. the most prolific. He's, he's the hardest, the hardest working, working man, man in, in show business. Come at me, like he's if you think that he's not, come at me because how, look at just look at his Spotify. It's like 2018 to 2019. He has like four or five albums out. Jeff it's Tweedy absurd. has a new song. Okay, so so this is gonna blow your mind, Stuart. I just saw this. This is this is a uh, live. Jeff Tweedy really have a new? This one? is live podcasting. Oh, Jeff Tweedy has a new song called yeah. Landscape, released two days ago. Guess who released a song two days ago? Who? Robbie Robertson. Oh my God! I'm I'm not that dreamboat. I'm. <laughs> he is. Have a you looked boat. into his eyes? Robbie Robertson and Van Morrison released a song two days ago called Two Days Ago called "I Hear You Paint Houses." Robbie Robertson and Van Morrison. I'm not kidding. Look at this. Where are they? Oh, that's a pretty haunting. Uh, this is this is eerie. Uh, okay, so the thing we're talking about today. 
we're going to kind of cover the last waltz. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about the last waltz and the band, and too. And the band, I'm yeah. kind of scared because I wanted to look at my notes, but um, we had a we already had one computer malfunction, which is really frustrating because I fixed it yesterday, and then all of a sudden did it again today. Sometimes I think that my computer just likes to you know, show me who's boss and say, hey. I'm boss. I'm the boss. Don't fuck around. Is that what your little Mac does? Yeah. <laughs> it'll like screw up a session and then I'll fix it and then it'll be fine for the rest of the session. But I'm yeah. still scared about taking it off the screen because. Can you do half and half? <sighs> like half that and half. half? Uh, I don't know. That's it's okay. Too... We can just talk about it. I, I don't really have a lot of notes, to okay. be honest. I basically just read. The I mean, I read a ton of stuff on it, so I have my memory. Did. I just I hate to be that guy who like says something and then it's like completely wrong, and you're like, <laughs> people are on the podcast. Like, I mean, people listen to the podcast; they're just like screaming at you, like, oh. I have the uh, the set list in front of me for the last waltz, and then I have really. Okay, I'll be honest. I glanced at the Wikipedia page, but most of what I looked at was Robbie Robertson's section of his memoir testimony talking about the last waltz because i thought that was the most fun way to look at it so we kind of did different uh approaches to this yeah. so i'm going to be pulling a lot of robbie robertson's guitar player for the band in case you don't know also dreamboat just just a total don't, no just a total no. dreamboat no he nobody is. agrees with you <laughs> no one agrees <laughs> nobody with you robbie agrees. robertson's a no dreamboat? i thought you were talking about rick danko no rick danko is my Emily, my, yeah. my secret fave the bass player <laughs> no robbie robertson adorable. young robbie robertson oh. is everybody's crush yeah that it, ma- i mean okay so i watched the last he waltz. could convince you of anything he convinced the band to quit literally he's, like he's like <laughs> he's beautiful so he uh He's he's just too I don't know he's cool we uh Tom and I watched Last Waltz maybe maybe a month ago um we were just like Saturday night we were like trying to decide what to watch and like drinking some wine and and we saw that the Last Waltz was on Netflix and now it's gone by the way I was so pissed off today I went I was like no it's gone so yeah. I'm glad we watched it so we watched it and we sat and watched it and uh, it'd been a couple of years since I'd seen the whole thing mm-hmm. and the whole t- I was just like damn Tom like. Robbie Robertson's a dreamboat, and Tom's like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it, I swear to like, God, yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> it's all in his eyes, like the way his, <laughs> his the way his eyes glit. Like he's a beautiful man. Yeah. all all people can agree. What yeah. whatever your preference, I think he all was people a can beautiful agree. man. No, no yeah, present don't tense. No look present him tense. Up, but he, but don't yeah. Look him up. I I'm a I'm, I like the bass player. He's super Rick cute, Dango, but yeah. because so, he's very raw, he's very like. I like like his singing voice is kind of Bob Dylan-y and he's is he's that what like, it's like no it's it's, it's, it's the dude from Blink One Eighty Two what's his name uh, <laughs> where are it. you yeah. oh my uh, god <laughs> um what's his name Tom DeLong no yeah it's Tom DeLong yeah, yeah um, his voice is so Tom DeLong what is that one well, it's comedy just, it's it's pure it's like, like passion like he just is going for it and when yeah. you watch the last waltz they do a, it makes no difference and the bass player uh, Rick. Danko, right? Yeah, Rick Danko. He sings it lead, and he and he like moves his body around a lot, and he's just like getting really into it, and like it's I don't know, it's um, the way he plays is very exaggerated. Like even when you watch his he, fingers he's move, he's performing like, a lot, and yeah. like I'm just like totally like totally enamored by him. I just think he's one of those great performers. Um, but yeah, he's he just goes 110. percent yeah, I really no, respect for real. Yeah. <laughs> and let's, he looks kind of like a beetle. He's got like the, <laughs> the nose and he's got no, the hair. Let's talk about though his verses that pop up. Like, so you have Levon Helms, Chester like Chester Follow. Just, <laughs> just like 
And the thing about Levon is his voice is like objectively one of my favorite male probably voices Richard, of all time. Richard, I think it's Richard Manuel is how you say it. It might be Manuel, but I think it's Manuel is that the works. pianist and vocals for the band, and he kind of has like a Ray Charles kind of voice. He was He's got one, a great voice. He does that. He does the shape I'm in, right? Um, the shape I don't know. I'm in. He does that was um, a great rendition of it. In, in the last waltz, it's uh, I Shall Be Released. He does that yes. one verse where you're like, who's singing? And they don't ever show him. Oh, That's him. am I mixing it with Garth? Sorry. Yeah, Garth, Garth doesn't sing. The... Garth doesn't sing. He oh. just plays uh, the the organ. Oh, He okay. was actually, everyone's like, so when they were oh, first there's piano. Sorry, there's piano and, and organ. organ. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what's screwing up. So, Rich, yeah, Rich Manuel, he sings The Shape I'm In. So, yeah, and I, I'm we I just can't watched confirm it. That's the only that, but I, I believe that's you. That's the only reason I know that because um, we just watched it. Yeah, Richard Manuel singing. Where were we going with this? Well, oh, Levon and Richard are like the right. the bet objectively the best singers in the band. So like I agree. Levon sings all of the weight. He's doing everything. Oh yeah, their most popular song ever. And then Up there's on that Cripple one Creek. fucking verse where it's like Chester, crazy Chester following me. And everyone's you'll like, notice, oh, God you'll notice it. <laughs> it's the ver- you'll notice it's the verse that Aretha decided to not do. Yeah, she was like, I'm not gonna do the crazy Chester dog verse. I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, my yeah. boy Rick Danko does it. And uh, well, what's what's rough about about it in the last waltz is it's like we sound like such dudes. Levi, I sound like an <laughs> asshole. No, I I love Rick Danko, and I'm I'm just trying to express that. But like Leo and Helm sings, and then the Staples singers sing, and then and then he sings a verse, and it's it's kind of like it's just a different styles. It's like if Bob Dylan sang with Aretha Franklin, it's like yeah, they're not. It's just different. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. But like I love Rick Danko's heart, and you can see it on yeah. stage. And Robbie Robertson, I was reading his passage about. Um, the last waltz and he talks about the band finding themselves a little bit um or finding each other in the beginning and he says that like rick danko was just like hard on his sleeve all the time and you could see that live so let's get back to the beginning yeah let's just cut to the basics like first of all the last waltz was this farewell concert that was conceived by Robbie Robertson. Right. So I was reading... Um, Who is the guitar player for the band. Right. So he was saying uh, in 1976, so it happened in 1976, they'd been playing, the band has been playing and gigging for 15, 16 years, he says. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been uh, they've been the band for Bob Dylan. They've been the band for... Uh, uh, Ronnie Hawk. Ronnie Hawk. Hawkins. Thank Hawkins. you. Hawkins. Sorry, Hawkins. Um, so... Uh, yeah. Can I can I do a quote? Sure. Robbie Robertson quote. Uh, One night in 1976, I spoke to the guys about the possibility of bringing this phase of our journey to a conclusion that we needed to look out for one another and get out of the line of fire for a while. So uh, he says that every concert we played, packs of destructive influences showed up like they were in the business of helping you drown. Somewhere along the way, we'd lost our unity and our passion. Self-destructiveness had become the power that ruled us. Sounds like alcoholism and drug Abuse Real drugs. I think what, heroin. Yeah. yeah. And so he just, he was like, you know, we couldn't, es- like, we were surrounded by like, and also like, he, they'd already seen like Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Jan, all these people yeah. like die because of the way that they were living. And he was like, yeah. we can't, this is going to kill us. Like, we cannot do this anymore. So he just says like, let's, let's have a celebration of this music and let's call it like, let's have a conclusion. Um, and it, ri- and basically they started to kind of, they wanted it, they wanted it filmed. Yeah. They wanted it documented. Um, they decided to do it uh Bill Graham's uh Winterland. Yeah. Um and, and they, Bill Graham is yeah. a famous, famous promoter um, yeah. in the sixties and seventies. He also has a memoir that I'm like, ooh, I'd read that. But yeah. uh and he he was on board with like and the so 
I don't want to like jump ahead of ourselves too much, but like they basically end up bringing out a bunch of insane guests. And like one of the things when they pitched it to Bill Graham, they were like, we want to bring all these people on stage, Joni Mitchell, blah, 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 blah. And Bill Graham was like, oh, we have to advertise that. It'll sell more tickets. And they were like, we can't advertise it. It's a yeah. secret. So it was just Bill Graham on the, on the marquee. It was just Bill Graham presents the band and friends or something like that. Like it was yeah. very vague. And, um, yeah, so uh, they decided to do that final concert. Um, so uh, Winterland is special because it's where they played their first show as the band in 1969. I didn't know that. Um, so everybody thought it was a good idea. Um, and uh, yeah, they decided to make it a celebration. They started pulling in some guests. They originally just wanted to do a. Uh, what's his name? Robbie Hawkins. Ro- Ronnie Hawkins. Ronnie I'm Hawkins. sorry. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna Ronnie screw Hawkins. That up. He's he's the one that I didn't know very well. And Bob Dylan. Those were the only well, two that they so first the reason, thought about. The reason why they wanted those two is because that's how their career started. Right. So their career started in Toronto. Um, they were the band for this guy Ronnie Hawkins. And Ronnie exactly. Hawkins is a really interesting character. He does like he a- looks like Hank Williams Jr. to me. Yeah. To me, he looks like Hank Williams Jr. and he looks like a. Th- Thinner Charlie Daniels, according to our mom. Um, oh, I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't picture. Bit. I know who Charlie Daniels is. Yeah. He's the devil went down in yeah, Georgia yeah, guy, yeah, right? But yeah, I can't picture him. I didn't know he was a bigger dude. So they, I mean, they call him rockabilly on the Wikipedia page, and I don't really call it rockabilly because when I think of rockabilly, I think of like more modern bands like Stray Cats and stuff that's, like that's that. That's what I think of when I think. Yeah, of I think he's to just me straight, that's rockabilly, like, like rock country. It's like blues rock. It's, it's almost like, like freaking, outlaw country. He has I mean, a very country. vibe, He plays though. a Bo Diddley song in the freaking Last Waltz. You know, my yeah, blah, yeah. So it's like a lot of that hard blues kind of stuff in the early 60s they were with him in 1960 to 1964 and he's really interesting because they say that in order to like get rid of up-and-coming bands he would just hire their best musicians (laughs) and like take basically basically he would have these crazy long jam sessions after they just played a crazy long set and he would like poach people but he would also like sharpen these these uh players skills just so much yeah by being so rigorous with their with their practice schedules with their show schedules with and also poaching the best musicians you had to stay you know on that top upper echelon of musicianship so what robbie robertson says is i have a good quote here he says um and i have to expand this uh, he says, Robertson uh, later said, eventually Hawkins built us up to the point where we outgrew his music and oh. had to leave. He shot himself in the foot, really, bless his bless heart, his heart. <laughs> by sharpening us into such a crackerjack band that we had to go on out into the world because we knew what his vision was for himself and we were all younger and more ambitious. Musically. So he's older than them. Apparently. They're like, a, he hired like a young guy band. Yeah. That's pretty cute. And he's, you know, he's in The Last Waltz, and I think they still have a good relationship. He was I mean, again. They still at the time had a good relationship. Yeah, he was now. again when they were thinking of guests to bring out for their, like, you know, final show. Yeah. Um, they uh, they just thought Bob Dylan and, and Hawkins. Yeah. They were like, let's just bring those guys out because, you know, and then, and then they just started to come up with these ideas. Um, a bunch of them are Canadian, right? So they were like, oh, we'll bring yeah. out, you know. Well, the reason, the other reason Johnny why Mitchell they had Young, Bob Dylan as one of the original two yeah. is because the whole reason that they're called the band is basically because of Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. Like they band, were in upstate yeah. New York um, playing for a bunch of front men, basically. They yeah, were like they the have an upstate band. New York connection that yeah. I thought was really cool. Well, and the they had a house in upstate New York and a little pink house. The famous one, yeah, they call yeah. it the Big Pink. 
Um, and that's where they really got to like grow into their own sound. But they were they were the backing band for a lot of front men, and most notably they were they were uh, backing Bob Dylan for a for long a time. Few... After well, you know about this, but after um, he went electric, I was gonna say after he went electric, yeah. and they were just getting booed all over the place, which yeah. is so hilarious. It's it, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Could you just... imagine? Going to see Bob Dylan being backed by the band and, and having just some like, knucklehead <laughs> next to you just booing him, I'd just be like, Shh, "Are you serious right now, dude?" Like, and we watched you paid the video. this ticket to boo. We watched the video of the Isle of Wight where it's they're like, "Yeah, they're legit getting booed." And like, I yeah, I mean, we we covered Bob Dylan going electric, so we won't get too into it but it's just it's it's still hilarious to me i mean they were getting booed and heckled so bad that levon helm quit to work on an oil rig he was like i don't want to be a musician anymore he's like (laughs) like, think about this decision all you musicians out there all you you know anyone out there just anyone out there pretend like you can play an instrument right would you rather tour you know the world with bob dylan who's already famous it's like 66 or something 67 this is uh 60 i think it's 65 through 67 right and he goes electric and i think 65 so yeah imagine touring the world with bob dylan selling out venues all over the world so who's the modern day equivalent of bob dylan um, (gasps) that's really tough jack white um more than famous but has turned in the public eye, maybe? no, he was he was one of the most famous musicians of his day. So it's yeah. not like it's not like Jack White, who's like still kind of a. I think of him. He's just famous in my world. Yeah, and he's also kind of turned. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't want to say popular. Miley Cyrus, but it'd be, it'd be like someone like that. like that. It, no, Ed Sheeran's like the biggest. He he like he's almost a billionaire from his live performances. He's like a Beatle if we're comparing. It's incredible. Anyway. Yeah. So would you rather tour the world <laughs> and play music with Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan play or huge theaters. Would you rather work on an, an oil, oil rig, rig in the Gulf of Mexico? And in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> the decision that Levon Helm had. So that's and, how much they were getting booed. <laughs> yeah, that's so he he's picked, like, this is a goddamn. Nightmare. I'm working on an oil rig yeah. now, so this oh, is happening. Man. So yeah. anyway, so they played with Bob Dylan for about two years. Not Levon, obviously. He left after a month. He's just like, I can't it. fucking do this. Morale is low. Morale is very low <laughs> for this band. Ruining, yeah, yeah, just terrible. Let me top you off here. Oh. So um, so yeah, so then they uh, when they are tasked with naming themselves. After they uh, break up with, they leave touring with Bob Dylan. Um, they were just referred to as the band, as Bob Dylan's band, as the band, Bob Dylan and the band. Well, they were actually they right? were billed during the tour as the band. Okay, so that it was, was Bob Dylan and the band. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah. yeah, let's boo them. Let's boo them <laughs> let's into. Boo a, Bob let's Dylan boo them until leave on Helm leaves because that'll make Can them you better. Believe? that oh i God. just I, it just makes your skin crawl like assholes yeah. in the audience that are like get out your acoustic guitar and play mr tambourine Man. just dicks anyway i get um, it i mean have you ever gone to see a concert where you want them to play certain songs and they just don't yeah but just booing and yeah but like, you don't boo them yeah anyway i mean you know like just disrespect it's funny because like there's i'm gonna try to connect this but like my 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 fave Bukowski he talks about how like you know back in like classical era when um composers would like debut a new song people would either like love it or they just 
boo and throw shit. And it was like all very like visceral reactions to live concerts. It was just like, fuck this. We hate it. I love that. Or like, and he's like, no one does that anymore. We just sit and we go, this is, this okay. Like they would just accept whatever's coming at us. It's like, it's like that meme with like the dog, like burning in hell with a cup of coffee. It's like, this is fine. This is fine. You know? And and he's like, he's like, we don't do that anymore. And it's like, it's kind of funny to think about, but I mean, yeah, Bob Dylan getting booed is an example of that in a modern space. So I think that's kind of interesting, but I don't understand it still. It's hilarious. I, I just saw the Fleece brothers recently and I was like, very much into them even though they weren't playing obviously the shit that i love the most but i was very much into it they did play love me tenderly finally Freaking i've never seen them do it i've never seen them do it, it. Yeah. by the way i just realized a mistake i made so van morrison and neil young are canadian is that right i said Joni mitchell she's not i thought she was is she not i don't think she, i don't know i can't i can't <laughs> google I, my computer so they, won't let me google so they things. uh they said uh so when they're starting to talk about when the band is starting to talk about people that we that they wanted to bring in they say you know eric clapton was going to represent british blues dr john new orleans Joni mitchell they kind of just they're like Joni mitchell women oh do you want to just <laughs> <laughs> like what well he says Joni mitchell the queen of women singer songwriters emily what does diversity great, mean to you she's a great singer songwriter Joni mitchell is one of my favorite singer real songwriter. tough song in the wait or in the last waltz. Well, you know so. what's funny is okay, real so I one. I noticed this. So when you watch when you watch the last waltz, um, it's like ninety minutes long. The actual concert was about four hours, and everybody they brought <laughs> out did about three songs. So when you look at the actual list, it's like. Uh, you know, Muddy Waters did two, Eric Clapton does two, Neil Young does two, Joni Mitchell does three. You know, they're like Van Morrison does three, I think. You know, it's like it's like they all so basically Martin Scorsese, who directed the the film, yeah. um, picked and chose what he wanted, which is great because otherwise it'd be a four it'd be a I, four yeah. hour I film. I feel like we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Sorry, no, we're totally this. getting ahead so of like, ourselves. We, people don't even know what the last waltz really is, right? right. So <laughs> the I'm last just yeah, no, so the last waltz was well, con- it yeah. was the gu- the goodbye uh, concert conceived by Robbie right. Robertson when he said we got to shut this yeah, down yeah we got to shut this shit down die. we're all gonna be doing drugs On until drugs. we're fifty we or whatever shut- he said it felt like they were a chore playing yeah. music every night so like like let's end on a high note so he conceived this giant thing and he um, well it started off kind of small but yeah well it started off small but it grew and grew and grew, grew. and it became this uh, this concert event that was that became a music documentary of sorts by Martin Scorsese, who was kind of, uh, he was kind of fingered by their, by their manager to like direct. I think so. Rob, I have Robbie talking about how he liked, uh, he said, we need someone special to capture the event on film. Um, and he said the name that stood out was Martin Scorsese. His, their manager might have mentioned it. Um, that, that's what I read. But he said that... he, he'd met him before. So Robbie Robertson had met Martin at a screening of Mean Streets in 73. And he said his use of music and film showed that he had a powerful connection to music. He liked the way that yeah. he like scored. So he... Um, and he'd worked on the Woodstock movie, apparently. Okay. So Robbie Robertson was, was kind of like really excited about Martin Scorsese. And then... Robbie meets with Martin and uh, Martin is in, I think he's, he's shooting a musical um, at the time. And, um, you know, they say, Hey, we want you to film this concert. And Martin Scorsese says, you know, they keep calling him Marty in this Marty. Um, He said, uh, we have one basic 
problem. When you're directing a movie for a studio, you're not allowed to go off and shoot another film at the same time. And then Robbie said, we're going to do it over Thanksgiving holiday if that works. And yeah. Martin says, uh, he says, the hell with it. These are my favorite artists in the band. Oh, my God, I have to do it. And that's it. Fire me. They can fire me. I got to do it. So Martin yeah. wasn't Martin Scorsese wasn't supposed to do it. That's, that's awesome. A, isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah I, didn't I didn't know, know that. that. That's awesome. I found that out today. So. And um, yeah, so he actually became really good friends with Robbie Robertson. And, Ro- and Robbie became a, a music pr- producer or consultant for these Martin Scorsese films. Check it out. How cool. Raging Bull, The King what? of Comedy, The Color of Money, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Departed. What? And Shutter Island. That's a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies. I know. I just noticed. <laughs> <laughs> the last three. I love Shutter Leo. Island, the Departed. Yep. Gang of, Gangs of New York. Yep. Wow. So, yeah. so sorry, Robbie was a music, music producer or consultant, one or the other. Okay. Those, so, are those like? Do you think are those like scored, or he just like helps with the soundtrack? Or? It, I mean, when you're a consultant, it could really be anything. That's right? really cool. Well, <laughs> like, they're like, but they're like lifelong. Anyone buddies looking to hire that. me as a music consultant, please hit us up, Radio Keys Music at gmail.com. So, <laughs> so one <laughs> one thing that's cool about that too is, um, I guess Martin uh, Scorsese, like he had to shoot it on a certain type of film that had never. been been done in a live concert before but it's like i think it's 30 milliliter millimeters would be sorry millimeters is a like a liquid (laughs) so the big question so 35 millimeter cameras um so that that was like the best quality that they could film they're like we have to do this in the best quality but nobody knew if it would if they would film for that long and if they would shoot uh from far away like it was just a crapshoot that it would work also a crazy thing because back like back in the day you didn't have infinite film you had a finite amount of film exactly and this is so you had to pick which songs to film and famously like one of the best performances not my favorite but one of the best ones was uh muddy waters doing manish boy yeah and martin scorsese was all coked up and just like yelling. Wasn't at, everyone? Yeah, apparently, every, apparently everyone apparently was. Apparently, it was just the, that was thing. all anyone who was doing. Yeah, but um, apparently a, he was like yelling at the the guy who was in control of the cameras. I, I can't. What would it be? It's like when we're in drama and there's like the stage person who's like he's in like charge the of everything. You know, he's not the yeah. He's like. <laughs> That's a title. He's like the guy in charge of all the you know all the right. stage people and the cameraman, the sound guy. He got so pissed off with Scorsese being on coke, maybe not specifically on coke, but just pissed off with coked out Scorsese. He was like, fuck it. And he took his headphones off and just cut out Scorsese out of the whole thing. Oh, nice. And then he he missed his instructions to cut the film during the Manish Boy Boy performance. Which is good. Yeah, which is one of the... That's... So afterwards, Scorsese says it was just dumb luck because I was was trying to get him to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, Muddy Waters did three songs. One of which was Caledonia. Which another? Okay, sorry. Another weird. The (laughs) fact that we. Okay, so the fact that we were just looking at uh, Spotify and we saw that a Robbie Robertson Van Morrison song was released. Here's another weird thing. I Uh didn't know. I didn't know that Muddy Waters played Caledonia during the last waltz. Mom and I drove to the store today, and my little witchy iPod Nano that's like 15 years old that I use in my car, I plug it into a tape deck. It's all it's, very it's old It's as school. old as the I Cat George I that we have. I can't even update the songs on it. It's just shit I used to listen to in like 2005 to 2007 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, it that was like one of the first songs that played when Mom and I got in the car, and it was like a five-minute car ride. Caledonia! Because I remember we were both singing because it's funny lyrics it's why your head so hot or something like that yeah and uh and then yeah we came back to study this and i was like oh he played that at the that's wild anyway i'm just having these witchy moments but 
My yeah. little my little nano knows what's going on. It's had some I've had some creepy moments with it, but that's, that's wild. Anyway, um, so oh, also, so Martin Scorsese agrees to do it. Yeah. Um, the first two people they ask are Hawkins and Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan, I. I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. I adore we him. I love are. him we to death. Are. But I yeah, think he's a, are. I think he's a kind of a weirdo. He's probably. I think he's a little difficult. I, I think, think he's one of those uh, artistic types that's a little like tricky. He, I, I don't pretend to know Bob Dylan because obviously I I've don't. I've seen him live, and it was he didn't say a word. He just came out, played. He, he might be one of those yeah. guys who he's just a little is a little bit of a narcissist as well as maybe has emotions and thoughts that he perceives to be bigger than everyone else's and more important than everyone else's, which I guess is also the definition of a narcissist. But it seems like whatever he's feeling should overrule everything else. Well, so, yeah. So he... So basically, they pitch it to Bob Dylan. Robbie pitches it to Bob Dylan. Wait, let's just put it like this. No one's beating down the door to tell you that Bob Dylan's a great dude. Like, no one's doing that, right? We love Bob Dylan. His music. But I think he's, I think he's a little bit of a weirdo. Just like, I think, um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the best artists, I wouldn't even want to meet them because they, you know, you idolize them, but it's just like, I don't want to meet these people because they're probably total weirdos. Yeah. yeah. We met a few and they're great, but. We've met um, a few that weren't so great. So this is what happened when, so, so Robbie Robertson pitches to Bob. He says, Hey, we're doing a final concert with the band. This is his, his road dogs, his buddies from touring. And they're like, this is the last concert we're going to do. We want you to come out and do some songs. Oh, by the way, Martin Scorsese is going to film it. Can you be a part of this? And Bob Dylan says, um, I'm already, (laughs) he says, I'm already making a movie with my rolling thunder review tour. And I don't want to be in two movies. And so Robbie's like, okay. Uh, Robbie says, this is from his memory. He says, I wasn't surprised. He was never one to commit. And I said, well, they're just going to film the show. And if you don't like your part, we'll cut it out. We won't use it. Although how can we not, like, you're a huge part of the band's story. Um, And so later on, I guess at some point during the concert, like, one of Bob Dylan's guys was like, he can't be filmed. And, like, there was some drama with that. Yeah, Billy Graham was like, shut the... Was like, get out of here. Yeah, Bill Graham. You're right. It was Bill Graham. Graham, He was just like, don't, do not touch. The promoter, that camera yeah. don't t- yeah do not touch don't he literally said get out of here or i'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> i will kill you i, I love people that you. go straight to that so they decide to do it also on thanksgiving day yeah and so bill graham has the idea i want to serve turkey everybody turkey yeah. on white tablecloths while a waltz band plays um and then we'll clean it all up and then you guys will come out and they're like, yeah. that sounds insane. That sounds like a lot of turkey, but Bill Graham makes it happen, which gave me a lot of respect for Bill Graham. I don't know a lot about Bill Graham. It This actually made me want to learn more about Bill it Graham. It did, because I was like, what an interesting guy. Like, he's like, no, we got to do it this way. Like, and again, yeah. he's, you know, they've got all these megastars on this bill, and he just agrees to let it be the band and friends when, you know, they could, I mean, the, I think that was, must have been sold he seems out. seems like spot on in his like on like on the spot judgment like right. anything that's like we on have the spot to serve turkey it's like <laughs> it's like spot on like yeah just abandoned friends god it's a quote secret show for example our uh our good f- our family friend kurt 
Hugh oh, get. yeah. This is great. Um, he got two free tickets. And we mentioned this earlier when we thought that this was in New York. I messed that up. I can't by remember we, I which mean, podcast, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, when Carl and Kurt were living in New York. And then I'm like, what am I talking yeah, about? It was in, so yeah, our it was uncle in San Carl, it was, they lived in, well, they lived in San Rafael, so just yeah. north of San Francisco, um, together when they were going to college Marin. And uh, yeah, yeah, so, so Kurt, go ahead. So Kurt so, Huget. <laughs> Offered our uncle Carl a ticket to go see the last waltz, and our uncle Carl, Listen. who I promised him I'd <laughs> give him shit on this podcast, he told Kurt, "I'm sorry, Kurt, I am too tired to go see the band <laughs> in the last waltz." But that's all that it was. That's all it was. It's the band and friends. Like no one knew that it's it was going like, to be this thing. I feel like if it's like. I, I'm not trying to make an excuse for Carl not going because Carl, you should have gone. Carl, if you ever but listen he knows. to this. I think it's a big regret of his, but he knows. He's like, I had no idea. But can you imagine, like, think of can, li- can we list off the name of the guy, the people who appeared in this? Just since this is a perfect time to list off all of the people that our Uncle Carl missed um, during the last waltz. Bob Dylan. All right, Bob Dylan. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, your boy, uh, Ronnie Hawkins. Ronnie Hawkins. Uh, Dr. John. Paul Butterfield, Muddy Waters, Eric Clapton, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Neil Diamond, Van Morrison. Uh, that's a killer performance. And then uh, who? Uh, so and then Ringo Starr at the end, and then and uh, Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood, thank you. I think I think that's everybody. I feel bad if I that this is, I'm going from their set list. I'm not going from Wikipedia, but yeah. but anyway. Um, so yeah, so uh, so but <laughs> so apparently Kurt just called up a random you know uh, lady friend of his and, and said, hey, do you want to go to the show? We and call her Lucky Lady, the luckiest the lucky lady, lady of all time that got to go see the last waltz. And, and then guess what, Carl? She wasn't too tired. <laughs> and Carl texted me and he's like, yeah. So he was living with Kurt and Kurt comes back and he goes, oh man, Bob Dylan was there, fucking Van Morrison, Ringo Starr, and Carl's just like, fuck. So. Anyway, I think he's very regretful. Well, the moral, to, like, the have moral you ever knock of the story. Onto a show when you were too tired, I've I've done that. No, we've Emily, done that. The moral of the you st- told me the the other night that you did when a uh, uh, a a Bondi. No, I wasn't too tired. You just didn't. I just didn't want to go. Wanna go. <laughs> I I I screwed up Chris Casper. We were trying to save money. It was after we had just seen a thing. Dude, I get it. We went to Santa Barbara. Dude, we went to Santa Barbara for three (laughs) nights. And Amber and I did Santa Barbara to the fullest for three straight days on a musician's salary. (laughs) And we're just like, oh my God. No, I I totally get you. And like, I know I'm the queen of I'm too tired. I'm very like, I get... I get very emotional. For the record, I was not too exhausted. tired. I was too money to bleed. Sorry, no, <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. a better excuse. Yeah. But like, I've definitely I would have like definitely gone. Chris Chris Casper played in San Francisco when I was living in San. Our Atlanta. other boy, Chris Casper. I love Chris Casper, yeah. and I was like, I should go see him. But I was like, gonna go alone. It was like a two-hour drive after work, and I was like, a four-hour round trip, and I was just like, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it, and I didn't go. And I I don't know if I regret it because I think if the moment came and after I worked a long day, like if I would have done that two-hour and then two-hour drive back and parking in San Francisco and all this shit like I just got so overwhelmed with it that I didn't go but like he's not been back since and I don't well he's one of those smaller yeah, artists small. where it's like he can't really afford that kind yeah. of tour all the time so yeah. moral of the story <laughs> go to the show go to the show if you think you want to go to the show go to the show you never know what's going to happen they might never come back they might break up they might get in a car accident like knock on wood yeah. like you never know what'll happen. So that's go another to thing. The show. That's another thing that 
Robbie Robertson was saying about the band. He was saying we were constantly getting in car accidents. He was like, we were all just getting like <laughs> fucked up and like getting in car accidents like that. I don't know why that's like one of the takeaways for me, but I remember him when he's talking about why they should like shut it down and like stop. He's like, we were, we were having like, dude, that guy could was talk me drugs. off a bridge. I'd be like, I'll walk off. For Robbie you. Robertson. <laughs> I'll walk off for you, Robbie. Have you yeah. seen his eyes? <laughs> <laughs> What was the super bad quote that you were doing earlier? Oh, it's, uh, have you ever <laughs> looked into his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. You know, uh, so it just had its, was it 10-year reunion? Uh, super bad. And Seth Rogen did a bunch of tweets about it. And he said that they wrote that script, him and his buddy in high school, they wrote it. Oh, shit. Yeah, just a, yeah. And he wrote, he tweeted like a bunch of like super fun trivia about, uh, about super bad. But anyway, anyway, That's we awesome. digress. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we're so it's Thanksgiving. We're almost there. Yeah, so. it's Thanksgiving. Uh, Martin's in. Um, so I, what one thing that I, you know, when we were watching earlier, we were watching a bunch of band. Uh, sorry, last last waltz footage of of you know all these people coming out and all these guests. And Dad said, oh, the, uh, "Yeah, the staple singers are a huge one we omitted." Sorry, shit. Singers, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was sorry. sorry I was just, just re- I was reading right this now. weird set yeah. list, so I'm sorry if I missed anybody yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. The staple singers, no worries, obviously. No um, and so Dad said. Uh, we were watching it, and Dad said something that that I was like, "Yeah, huge question." He said, uh, "He said, oh, I wonder if they rehearsed." And I was like, "Shit, I don't know," because you have all these stars. You have Van Morrison, yeah. you have Bob Dylan, you have Johnny Mitchell. It's like, do you get them all in the same room? And like, is you know, like, how do you, you know, do that? And it turns out, um, it turns out they did do a lot of rehearsing, but oh. not for everybody. Like, I don't think Eric Clapton rehearsed. I think he they kind of waited. Well, that's it. why they did like a basic bitch blues song. They did a really they basic. Did like blues. A one they, like, for five. they were like Martin, just just or sorry, not Martin. Uh, Eric, Eric, just yeah. riff, just fucking yeah. riff. Well, no, they have a sweet guitar battle. Him and Robbie. Yeah, yeah I was like, get him, Robbie, <laughs> get him. <laughs> <laughs> they had. He said he had. Uh, he talks about it in the memoir, and he. Yeah. I, I won't quote it because I didn't pull it. But uh, he said something along the lines of like, "We kept like going back and forth, and then finally I just like Eric Clapton just took it, and I was like, yeah, no, what am I? Robbie. What am I fuck doing? That, Robbie. <laughs> no, Robbie has this part where he's just like on the top <laughs> of the neck, like on all the tiniest fresh. He's like, and you can tell he's like sweating. He's like getting it in, and then Eric Clapton's like, LOL. And then he just like, <laughs> he just rips. Oh, on him. um, another thing that I forgot to say about Bob Dylan being kind of a naysayer. He said, uh, when Robbie told Bob Dylan about the final concert, Bob said, "Is this going to be one of those Frank Sinatra retirements where you guys just come back a, a year later?" <laughs> nope. Does Bob have a filter? I, does I Bob think have he any doesn't filter? have a filter, and he says, "No, the band has got to get off the road. It's become a danger zone. We're afraid of what might We're happen." We're car crashing constantly. Bob knew. This is a quote. Bob knew from all the car wrecks back in <laughs> Woodstock. I wasn't kidding about the car wrecks, and from his time with us on the road, that it could be a delicate balance inside well, the band, keeping party. things from streaming off People, the tracks. You, you cannot under like you cannot understate how much of a party animal band this was. Like the band. They were partying hard, hard, hard. Like yeah. as hard as you think. Like radio keys parties. Well, we don't do drugs. <laughs> well, we don't do the, we don't do drugs. I almost said those kinds, and I was like, well, that sounds <laughs> ominous. I don't think, I don't think we no, we don't do drugs. Let's be clear, we don't do drugs. No, we don't do drugs. We don't do drugs. But they're doing like cocaine and heroin yeah. and, and LSD. All, and LSD is 70s. having a heyday. They're all, dri- they're all driving afterwards. They're like it's cool, man. And they're getting in all these fucking car wrecks. Yeah, of course they are. Like, but yeah, I mean, Richard Manuel is notoriously like a giant party animal. Rick Danko notoriously a giant party animal. Levon Helm 
giant party animal. I think Robbie Robertson and Garth uh, Hudson, the yeah. organ player and the guitar player, were a little bit less so. But those three were they, getting it. Yeah, he just talks about... Um, Oh, by the way, Joni Mitchell's totally Canadian, and I'm really yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. that I get the second guess that. Um, but uh, so, so they do, so they do um, set up rehearsals with some of the guests. I think Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Van Morrison all come into their little. Uh, they call it the clubhouse um, off Pacific Coast Highway, um, and they 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 just do them one at a time, and they kind of work on some songs. Um, and then yeah, Bob comes in and they decide to do a bunch of songs. They did a lot of songs with Bob Dylan at the last waltz that aren't aired or sorry, aren't on the Martin Scorsese yeah. because uh because they you know, he had to cut it down from 4 hours. Um but uh well, what's interesting about the last waltz is there are a lot of performances that aren't even in the concert. There's so I I I was shocked today yeah. when I read the set list. Okay, so first of all, when you read the, and I don't want to jump too much into it, but the band comes out. So they're served, thank, the 5,000 people are served Thanksgiving dinner on white tablecloths, and then all the tables disappear. And then the band comes out and they do an hour alone. I didn't realize it was an hour. So they play an hour set and then they leave and then they come out. They open up with Cripple Creek. Yeah, they open up with Cripple Creek. Yeah, and he was saying, uh, Robbie was saying that like, He's like, you know, we're all super nervous because we knew that like all these big acts are coming out later and we knew it was a surprise and we knew we only have one shot at this. And also they'd learned like 20 songs in like a week. They'd learned yeah. like three Van Morrison songs and they three murdered. Johnny Mitchell songs. and three. They, they didn't make a single mistake, he says. He says it should be in the Guinness Book of World Records. He's like, nobody made a mistake on that stage. Well, it was like magic. It was like, it was like would, that creepy like the guardian angel thing. The editor differ. He said they cut out a lot of things and the only... So here's a fun factoid. Ooh, so there was like... Obviously, you're cut. You're literally cutting tape back then. Like what I would do now is I would like digitally like remove a certain thing. Yeah, it's a and I would physical, fade it yeah. so it sounds clean. But like back then, they couldn't do that. What they would do is they would literally cut tape. Right. Cut tape. Cut it out. And like they said, the only tape that was unsullied, like completely microphone, was Levon Helm. Wow. The only one. Drums and vocals. That's amazing. Everyone else was like, oh, you fucked up here. Let's just can cut you, that. Can you say the, the band lineup real quick? I don't oh, think yeah. we said it. It's Robbie Robertson on guitar, Rick Danko on bass and vocals, Levon Helm on drums, Garth Hudson on ham and organ, and Richard Manuel on piano and vocals. Nice. Okay. And that yeah. was the, yeah, that was the, that's the original the lineup. That, and that, and that played, yeah, and that played at the last waltz, right? Yeah, and okay. Emily and I have always had this thing before we had our real band, because now it's our band. But like when we were just a two piece, we would always say like, "What if we could have any band in history be your like backing band?" We always no said question. it would be the band, just like a bunch of dreamboats. Well, it wasn't any- because of what they look like, Emily. I'm not <laughs> because she of what they play like. I'm just joking. I'm kidding. And Emily would have married that bass player instead of ours. Yes, except the, <laughs> except for the age gap, and, and he passed the, away in 1989. Yeah, which. We'll get into that later. We'll get into that. Hey, do you want to take a quick break and uh, re-up on this vino? Super down because I, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. And of course, we're completely quick. distracted about what we were <laughs> what we were talking so about. So I, I, there was something that I pulled. I was looking at my notes. Um, so for the occasion, Robbie Robertson dipped his 59, 1959 Stratocaster in bronze 
like baby shoes. He says he had them dipped. And he said, I hadn't taken into account how much heavier it would make my guitar, but it looked really good. <laughs> it looks phenomenal, he said. Yeah. As did Robbie. Yeah. yeah they, what looked more phenomenal, Robbie or... <laughs> well, I know your answer because looking into his eyes was like oh. the first time we saw the Beatles. Oh, my God. Um, so, oh, one, another, you know, another thing I thought was cool. Um, so I, again, I just, my, my whole research for this whole thing was just reading Robbie Robertson's account. But one one thing he said, so when I watched, so we watched the waltz recently, Tom and I, and I watched it, of course, you know, 10 or 15 years ago or whatever. Um, and there's a part, so Neil Young comes out and they do Helpless and they have video of Joni Mitchell in the wings and she's, it's just a silhouette of her and she's singing the yeah. backup vocals yeah, and yeah. it's like, why is she, what's going on with that? It's and he she's says, a woman. <laughs> I only laugh at that because, <laughs> because I know your terrible humor and we have the same terrible humor. Anyway, um, so anyway, uh, so he said, so Robbie Robertson says that when Neil sang Helpless, Joni started doing this high background vocal that like just gave everyone shivers and they're like, we have to use that. But Neil Young was going to come out before Joni Mitchell. So they're like, okay, we have to just have her doing it backstage. And they said that they could feel in the crowd when she started doing like the backup vocals for Helpless, like these crazy soprano parts, the audience was like, where's that coming from? They're like, yeah. there's like a woman, there's clearly like, she's loud. It's like, that's a, and it kind of, some of them were kind of like, that is sound that? like poor planning. Why don't you just Joni have Mitchell? Joni Mitchell come out first? And then she can stay out. I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of like the Phantom um, of the Opera type shit. Like, what is that shadow? Like, who is that? <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of like, why don't you just have Joni Mitchell come out first? You know? I, I mean, yeah. Doesn't that make more sense? Like, <laughs> like Occam's Razor? Like, isn't that like let's the most be, sensical let's be safe. way to do it? Like, let's have Joni Mitchell come out. Um, She'll do that horrible song, Coyote. No offense, sorry. That sounded wow, so negative. Wow, that's so mean. I know, but that well, song you know what's is funny tough. is that that's a funky really song tough. that she did. I mean, we have to remember it's '76, so you know, whatever their big song was at the time is probably what they're gonna do, right? So yeah. it's like it's not it's not their big song looking back at the '70s tough. now and being like, oh, she should have done this. It's like that was what you know was her yeah. big thing right then, well, and that's the, what she wanted to do with the band it specifically. Also has like a weird like. Well, she spoken, did three doesn't songs. Doesn't it have like a them? weird, like spoken word feel to it? Well, almost. she does a little like, of that talk singing. Though. Yeah, she'll do like. Oh, well, that was super popular in the seventies. Yeah. Like, well, what's they funny, actually had? They actually singer. had like poets come out during this whole thing that that weren't on the. Beats. the uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a bunch Ginsburg of poets that and came all out. Those guys were making it all really kind of like poetry was like exciting. Well, I'm not talking again. about. I don't think Ginsburg was there. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I just I'm, mean, I'm just saying like there were poets. I just mean there. in the '60s. No, in the concert. Oh, in the last waltz. In report? the last waltz, they had oh. poets come out and do poetry. Remember, everyone at home. Which it was, would be, it was a four-hour concert. Which would be. <laughs> That, would be, that included imagine like Thanksgiving going to dinner. see the Black Keys. You're like, yeah, and then some guy comes out. And he's like, shoes. What are shoes? We wear them on our feet. Like, and you're just like, hey, non poetry right now. Sorry, dude, I'm saying sore on the show. I just think it's funny that like you know it's funny because when they said so like but oh when Bob Dylan God. came out. It was like one in the morning. They're saying they're like, like, and like energy was high though. It's like, can you imagine going to a Black Keys concert? Uncle Carl's energy was slow right now. <laughs> and then Carl. it's just four hours long. Oh like, can you imagine God. going to a concert at 9, 10 p.m. Yeah. and it's like, it's still going at like one? We'd be I, like, that would Holy be rough for me. Shit. I'd be wearing my nice shoes. I'd be like, dude, my. My, do you think do you think there's any people that like left? Okay, so the band played Absolutely. for an hour and Absolutely. got off stage. Do you think people just left and were no. like, "Fuck"? No, 
No way. No way. You Audience know, members. You know. You just ate some turkey. Everyone's got that tryptophan and they're feeling sleepy. The band comes out. They play for an hour. They're like, all right, perfect. We saw the band the last time. Let's, Let's get leave. out of here. Yeah. I, that could have been me back in the day. Sorry, Carl. I, I'm giving you so much so much flack. <laughs> yeah, they played, they played a long, 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 long set. Uh, they played an hour. And yeah. then they left, and then they came back, and they were like, here's Ronnie Hawkins. And you know, one thing that Robbie Robertson was talking about right before they got on stage that he was nervous about was he was like, shit, we didn't really go over whether or not we're going to introduce everybody. And they ended up not introducing everyone. Like, Van Morrison just walked out, and they were like, and the crowd was like, oh, shit. And then they, like, launched into Caravan, and it was like, boom, like, they just went for it. But I think, like, they, did, I think did, they did a song before Caravan. It was like some uh, lullaby-type um, song. It, they, was like, it was like Richard Manuel and, and Van Morrison sang this song, and then they did Caravan, and Caravan was just like... Yeah, sorry, you're right. The they did down. Tura Laura Laura. Irish caravan is definitely a standout. Yeah, the caravan is on. I um, yeah, it's one of those like if you think you don't know a lot of Van Morrison past Brown Eyed Girl, you do. Like listen yeah. to his hits, and it's like Caravan's one of them. The older I, I get, the more I like, like Van Mar- Morrison. Is that what Van happens? Morrison. Like you just get older, and you're like, okay, okay. I, when I went you just on settle my... into this comfy, warm chair that is Van Morrison. He's music. amazing. Yeah. Like he, I, I just, I love him. I absolutely love him. I like yeah. uh, uh, Jackie Wilson said. Da 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 I know that at the very end, uh, when they bring, so if you've seen the film, if you've seen the film, you know what's interesting is they open up the the film, like Martin Scorsese decides to open up the film with "Baby, Don't You Do It," and they're all wearing different outfits. It's so weird, and it's and it says like it has like their names Do like Robbie Robertson. It's their encore, so they did, they did. All, they did the full band they did set. Four, four hours and an encore. And then so and then they were like, you guys have to get back out there and do one more. And Robbie Robertson was like, let's do Baby Don't You Do It. Because that's kind of like, don't you, I don't know. It's like telling the audience to stop or whatever. Because they were just like going crazy. They were like, we need more. Um, and this is after. So the, the main encore, so they did everything. They did Bob Dylan. They did Neil Young. They did Van Morrison. They did Neil Diamond, Jody Mitchell, everybody. And then they had everybody come back out. So Bob Dylan's on stage and they say to him like, hey, now we're going to do I Shall Be Released um, and bring everybody back out. So they, sorry, they go back. I think they go back in the wings and then they bring everyone back out. And like, the, I I think I Shall Be Released was pretty like they were winging it. it and when you like when it. you watch it, you can tell, well, our boy. Uh, Neil Diamond? No, Ronnie Hawkins oh. doesn't have a mic and it's hilarious. Because like, in the background, like, <laughs> Bob Dylan and like Neil, they all they're all like sharing mics. It's like four people to a mic, and then Ronnie Hawkins is just kind of like standing in the back of the stage, like with a drink, like singing, and he like doesn't have a mic, but he's like, eh, fuck it, like he doesn't <laughs> care. It's so hilarious. Like if you watch the the video of I Shall Be Released, he's just like back there, like kind of bobbing along, well, like it's cool, a- guys. I don't need a mic. Yeah, well, this is big beef from the rest of the band because apparently nobody got paid a dime from all the DVD. Any of the really? ticket sales of the movie, anything. No one but Robbie Robertson and Martin Scorsese and all those people. Like the the actual band beyond Robbie Robertson didn't get paid for shit, according to Levon in his. According to Levon, yeah. oh, in his nineties, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, Robbie doesn't talk. He doesn't talk about that. Obviously, it seems like there was a little bit of a beef between and, Robbie and the rest of the band at some. Well, point. him and Levon were beefing before that, and I think it's why they decided, like, hey, let's just have a celebration and shut this down, um, because he yeah. said they were both doing, or at least he says Levon, and there was some heroin, and he's like, it was making Levon lie to me a lot. That's his. That's his take. Yeah. That's something I, I read today that he said. He said it was you making. Who, it was making who him Robbie lie. Robertson is exactly who? is Robert California from The Office. <laughs> kind like, of terrifying and yeah yeah <laughs> I, I just picture i just picture robert california from the office and if you're an office fan you'll know it's like he's the like, 80s so that actor <laughs> who plays robert california and i have to pull this up uh is every 80s villain in every 80s movie he's the villain and it's oh my god it's uh uh, but no, basically, I just picture him just having like this. It's crazy- James Spader. Sorry, James Spader. He plays every, every, and he's skinny in the eighties, and he plays every bad guy in every eighties. Like Robbie he's Robertson, in less like, than zero. Have, all right, picture this: you're Levon Helm. You just did a bunch of heroin with like okay. a bunch of beautiful ladies. Oh, I love. And uh, you walk out. Maybe you need to use the restroom or something. You're trying to walk down the hallway, and then Robbie Robertson is already there in the hallway. And you're Why just is like, this scenario? and he's like, a, he's like a dark silhouette, and you're like, oh hey, Robbie, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, heroin, drugs, again, leave on, again, <laughs> women, leave on, don't you know the vices that we have? Uh, that's how I picture Robbie Robertson <laughs> in the band. I figure that he's, he's just, just a the super guy intense, who's like, like super intense, like kind of. Like a little bit too much, maybe like in infiltrating your life a little bit too much, but also it's probably right. Like right, and that's how I picture him. 15, so when he like tries, fifteen years touring, that's a lot of togetherness. I mean, think about band. that's who a lot. Sh- think about who shuts down the band though. It's always it's the wrong. band leader. It's never gonna yeah. be like the auxiliary guy, like the fucking. Uh, you know, the Congo player is like, hey, guys, we should quit. <laughs> we should shut like, everyone's like, hey, shit shut down. up. <laughs> hey, shut up, Congo player. Like, we're going to keep going. Like, it's always the band leader who is like, right. hey, we're done. And then yeah. everyone's like, okay, I guess. Which isn't necessarily true. And we'll get more into it with the band. But uh, let, let's try to tie this up. I, I'm yeah, sorry. I so, keep on so interrupting sorry. They, no, it's fine. So they come, uh, they come out for, uh, basically, they come out for, um, for I shall be released. So, uh, so Robbie says, I told Bob we wanted to end the show with everybody coming out to join him and Richard singing I shall be released. And Bob says, when? Now? And he goes, yeah, we're going to do it right now. So this is on stage. And then everyone comes out and gathers. And then Ringo sat in. So Ringo and Ronnie Wood were just like at Winterland. I don't really understand because like it said. Ringo Robbie, seems like the kind of guy who just hang just out, there. drink some beers. Like, like Robbie says they were just <laughs> in the dressing room. He's like, they were just in the dressing room. So we brought them out. And it's like, wait, what? Um, and then when they... Uh, everyone comes in on the chorus. They they basically winged it, yeah. Um, and then there was kind of a, and then Richard sings, and that's when. And if you watch the last waltz, we just watched the "I Shall Be Released" part, the finale. And there's a, the second verse is um, Richard Manuel. Yeah, and yeah. and the cameraman like can't find him, so yeah. he's just filming well, everyone else everyone. on stage. He's, the, he's on the piano behind. But everybody. it's funny because everyone on stage is kind of looking around too. They're like, "Who's singing the second verse right now?" And um. So yeah, so they they do that, and then um, everybody they said ev- nobody wanted to get off stage after that. Ro- Ro- uh, Robbie says uh, the audience didn't want us to get off stage. Nobody on stage wanted to get off stage. Like it was very like kind of surreal. Our and Uncle weird. Carl would have wanted them to get off stage. <laughs> He'd be like, "I'm exhausted. I'm tired. It is bedtime. <laughs> it is two in the goddamn morning." Um, 
and <laughs> maybe they could have shared some of that cocaine with the audience. You think? And then they what well then think? they so then they jam for a while and this is not in the video oh. and it's so so this is so I'll read uh, I'll read what Robbie says at the end of the tune everybody looked a bit stunned that it was all over the audience wasn't going to accept it as many of the performers left the stage some just couldn't do it so some people leave some don't Levon and Ringo weren't going anywhere they kicked into a feel good beat so Levon Helms and Ringo Starr are on two different drum sets they must have known Ringo was there right yeah, why would they have two okay sorry why would they have two drum sets um, so he says I put my guitar back on Eric so Eric Clapton Ronnie Ronnie Hawkins Neil Neil Young uh, Paul Butterfield I don't think I named him earlier and I love Paul Butterfield so yeah. I'm sorry that I, I didn't say didn't. him uh, all started tracking trading licks Dr. John took over at the piano of course he Rick did. Garth and He's I continued our duties as hosts and let player. the good times roll I looked over at the side of the stage and saw Stephen still standing there I waved in his direction and offered him my guitar I slipped backstage to change clothes and that's why uh, and that that's why Robbie Robertson we were watching the beginning of the yeah. documentary or Last Waltz and we were like why is he wearing a different outfit <laughs> and it's because he's in like a tracksuit type of thing yeah. at the end um, so anyway so so yeah they uh, and Annie Leibovitz is there for some reason because he he catches a she takes a photo of uh, of Who? him Annie Leibovitz the Not the familiar. photographer oh she's oh. like super famous photographer um, she snapped a photo um, of uh, Robbie Robertson backstage uh, between the the okay. jam and the last song um, that's I think maybe the same photo shoot as the cover of his memoir but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bet bet the house on mm. that because i don't know but um but yeah so uh thanksgiving 1976 uh the last waltz um that's pretty much it right like yeah i mean after that the band kind they've never performed with those five again that's and it. and what I you know what I love about it too is that the last so they they and when you watch the last waltz you don't get the whole story like you see the band play like three songs and then they start bringing guests out but in reality they played for like an hour and then they played they brought guests out yeah. and then they also closed just the band but it was a surprise so I don't yeah. think Martin was ready Scorsese was ready to yeah. film it well, uh, sorry 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 it, yeah. he did film that um but what I mean is uh they weren't they weren't planning to do that. Like the crowd was so crazy, they were like, "Guys, you have to do one more song." And so the band ended up closing the night, and I thought that was really yeah. kind of like fateful, opening and closing, yeah. and appropriate because it's like that's their last. You know, they yeah. should close it. Like I think their their plan was to close it with everyone on stage doing "I Shall Be Released" and like have this big thing, and that's you know that's it. You know, curtain call. Like we can't go any higher than that. Yeah. And then the audience wanted more, and the band came out and did one last song, and I thought that was really so that was really cool. Just to tie it up in a bow before we Please, talk about I, I before we can't. talk about the sad <laughs> stuff um i can't the band the i think was always considered like some front man's like little brother like some someone else's support group right and with this it really proved that they look at the draw that they had they brought everyone from Bob Dylan to yeah. Neil Young. Well, everybody said yes. They said, yeah. "Hey, do you want to play our last concert?" And everybody just said, "Yeah." So, and I'll then, come to San Francisco. And I'll then do once it. you once you think about it, you're like, actually, they were super influential, and they yeah. were just like probably one of the best tangs you could ever have as like a group to hang out with. I think other than Robbie they Robertson super chill. in the silhouette hallway, a hallway. Other than that, <laughs> you're. I think in your fake <laughs> scenario. Other than that, I think that they were like probably the most fun people to hang out with, dude. And like yeah. people just love. Levon Helm seems real fun. I I'd hang. And then and and then when you 
think about that, and then you also think about some of their incredible songs that they have. You know, yeah. The Weight, Cripple Creek, just right. to name, you know, a couple. And yeah. they have so many songs where you're just like, I love this song, I love this song, I love this song. Yeah. Um, it, it yeah, goes you to know show more that, songs than you think. Yeah, it yeah. goes to show that they were really a, a staple and an influential band. Um, Rolling Stones, uh, sorry, the Rolling, uh, Rolling Stone magazine right. had them as the 50th, 50th greatest band of all time. The fi- sorry, the number 50th 50th. Greatest, the 50th greatest band of all time. Which that if you seems... think about all of the bands in the world. Who was number one, the Beatles? I'm sure it was the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. I'm like it was Let's like probably guess. it was probably like the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, and then everyone else. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix was probably in the top ten. <sighs> but um, anyway. I would love to look at that list. But. I was gonna say we could do a whole podcast yeah. on analyzing. Yeah, why that, the fuck. that would be fun. Yeah. But um, with with all that being said, I think that Number if 50, you, they really? were they were inducted I'd into say the top twenty. I, I would say top fifty is fair. They were mm-hmm. inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. Happy news. They were inducted into we all the of the Canadian, like literally all of the Canadian Hall of Fames. Like whatever Do you can remember? have in Canada, they were inducted. So a bunch of them are Canadian, but I don't remember who. Uh, all of them, but uh, Garth. Um, Garth? Yeah. So the All ma- of them, but Garth. They're all, okay. Oh, yeah. no, sorry, sorry. All of them, but Levon, obviously. Oh, Levon. Yeah, American. obviously he's Southern. Oh, yeah, you can obviously. Tell. Yeah, yeah you all of them, tell. but Levon, obviously. Yeah. Well, um, it's okay. I had my Joni Mitchell all right. so thing earlier after where I was this, like, They American. still actually toured as the band, but their success dwindled hard. That Robbie Robertson didn't want to take part of it. They were touring small clubs that they had trouble selling out. Well, the last time that those five people played was the last, the last waltz. But yeah. after that. Right. After the that. The band they, played as the band. Right. Without Robbie. Robbie. Right. And they like they open for like you know the Grateful Dead, the uh, not the Allman Brothers. Um, fuck, who's the other one? Anyway, they they tour. They like open. Oh, for- Dylan. Uh, sorry, the Grateful Dead and the band, or is it? Never mind. Sorry, no, never mind. I thought they had a record together, but I could no. be wrong. Yeah. So they like a live I mean, record. they might. I I don't know. I think the Grateful Dead. We'd and have the band to Google that. I, anyway, whatever. Anyway, they opened for like some bigger, you know, bands that they were contemporaries with back in they the day. They were able to make a living as musicians and con- continue. And they were that. writing songs. They were doing yeah. things, but I mean, it, it got really sadder there. and sadder for them. And uh, basically, it culminated in, um, I believe it was uh, 1986 with uh, Richard Manuel. The um, organ, the or sorry, piano, piano player. player who sings. He, uh, they just got out of like a you know a club gig, Uh-oh. and um, he was talking to I believe it was Rick Danko or Levon Helm, one of the two. I think it was actually Levon. They were talking and hanging out in the hotel until like two o'clock in the morning. Oh. Richard Manuel leaves. He goes and back to the hotel room with his wife. He starts complaining about like the piano at the venue. And uh, she goes back to sleep, and um, she wakes up in the morning around noon, is what she says. Huh. And uh, she goes and gets breakfast, gets a coffee, comes back to the hotel They're room. probably up to like four Goes or to the bathroom what, yeah. and finds Richard Manuel hanging from uh, the bathroom. What a um, nightmare, right? He has, like, he has hung himself with your, his your belt. Your partner, your from the uh, From the... Uh, what is it called? The uh, shower? shower yeah, the sho- not the shower curtain, but the you know the, the shower rod. Those rod, are usually yeah. not very so, sturdy. That's amazing. 
Yeah, there's um, and he was drinking this like French liqueur all the time. I can't remember the name of it, and I don't want to pull it up because of our uh, my Mac is gonna yell at me if I do. That's so heartbreaking. But um, that she found him too. Yeah. What? Um, so he basically had he, like some is, cocaine, sorry, some 80s. cocaine in the bathroom, <clears throat> liqueur bottle, and a lot of people say that it might not have been purposeful on, on which purpose. i i don't want to you know if you know what i'm talking about then i'm just gonna leave it at that yeah we won't get but into um it, but yeah rick danko seemed very convinced that it was an accident okay so that i'll just leave it at that it yeah. was it was ruled a suicide but it could ha- i mean like everyone says that he was uh, in great spirits he had c- tried to commit suicide multiple times before uh, so there is that but I mean, there's not really a detailed report that I could find, and I Googled it, um, yeah. I trying mean, to find a detailed report of what happened, like yeah. what position he was in, like that kind of stuff. And this isn't a true crime podcast, like so the, I don't know. It's but like, like the Cobain thing where it's like, maybe it just was, and everybody re- a, this, everybody really wants it not to be. This is Because all your loved ones want bit, it not to be. This is a little bit less detailed than that. Because like we don't really know right. what they found him like, like what well, was yeah. there, and his partner found him, which is so heartbreaking. Like I can't. But I, here's here's anyway. my opinion, and maybe it's just my opinion, but if they found some cocaine still on the counter, right, that tells me that you still want to do more cocaine. Like if I was trying to kill, so check it out. If I'm trying to kill myself, I'm doing all the cocaine. Fuck it. I'm not here. leaving yeah. a line on the table. I'm not yeah. leaving it. And not that I do cocaine. I'm just saying, like, if I were yeah. in his place. Yeah. So to, for them to find cocaine still You wouldn't leave a half bottle there, of wine. <laughs> yeah. For them <laughs> to like, find cocaine it, still yeah. there, it tells yeah. me that maybe he wasn't necessarily... He wasn't meaning to do that. He was trying to do it. Else. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. We'll leave it at that. So that's 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 Richard Manuel. And that's when the band broke up, broke up. They, they were, were like, they were like done, we done. can't move past this. Well, he's he's a big... Every single member of the band, and I know I talked a lot about Rick Danko. Um, I, I I only went off on him a lot uh, because he was he's kind of like I feel like Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson are like kind of the the almost the front face. They're the Paul and John, you know, of of the band. They're kind of like always Ooh. talked about uh, Robbie Robertson and Levon Helm. And yes. so I just wanted to talk yes. about Rick Danko because like I didn't really think about him a lot until I recently rewatched The Last Waltz and Tom and I were just like, you know, he's just so like, he's such a character and he's such like yeah. a heart of the band. Um, and I feel the same way about uh, Richard Manuel. It's like, it's like they're... <clears throat> and he had that beautiful like Ray Charles inspired great kind voice. of voice. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just like this, yeah, just they, they, they're all, they're such a good team and like, yeah, I, but obviously, obviously, what I meant to say is like obviously, Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson are these incredible, um, hard on their sleeve musicians, and they all are, and that's yeah. kind of what's amazing. Well, they're about the it. perfect example of a band that's greater than like the sum of its it's parts. greater than the sum of its parts. You know what that's I mean? A like, great way. No to put one it. is that's a, a superstar. Like, no one is a Bob Dylan. No, no one's a Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, but when you put them all together, they're just like this it's incredible. The band incredible thing. It's why the name is so fitting. It's like it's not, yeah. you know, someone in the somebody's. It's it's the band. Yeah. And it's and it's nobody's kind of standing out over someone else, which is so kind un- of amazing. unfortunately the next uh the next band member to go no. is uh Rick Danko and rest so he in died peace nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So I believe they might have they might like so I guess I, I was trying to research this and honestly I can't I don't have my notes because of my computer but 
I remember seeing that they were done after the Richard Manuel thing, but right. then I also re- like have another memory of seeing that they were still touring, but I, I read an article that was like super shitty, so that kind of sullied my memory oh, a little bit. Yeah. But regardless, Rick Danko died. Passed away peacefully. Yeah, which peacefully, is nice. heart failure. But in, in his 50s, which is young. Uh, 56, I think. Yeah, and um, 1999, he died of heart failure. He was still, you know, he suffered from alcoholism. He suffered from drug abuse and and all that. And so he passed away in his sleep. Um, and he, like him, like you were saying, he was an integral member of the band. He oh, had a he's... very specific playing style. Yeah. Well, he so. plays bass with a pick, which is I've never seen. Well, no, I've seen it a lot. But I'm, I'm sure you've seen it's it. It's usually I'm, I'm guitar like not players. Paying it's usually guitar players who like pick up the bass and they're like, they're like, I think I should. This play is with all a pick. I've done before. Right. So Do, I wonder if he was a. I, I saw him that up, slapping and he... popping in like the last waltz. He does a little bit of finger style, right? But I think he just feels more comfortable. That was when pick. Tom and I watched it. He was like, oh, he's playing bass with a pick. Like, that was the yeah. first. I wouldn't have noticed it. Like, I'm not a bass player, but yeah. Tom was like, oh, he's playing bass with a pick. And I was like, oh. But he has a very specific style. If you yeah. watch him play, you'll be like, oh, I, I don't even. Like, for me, like, you can usually look at someone play and look at their hands and be like, I can kind of tell what you're playing. But he has, like, such a exaggerated way of playing like the he's, way he picks again, his fingers so, up like so much like, heart like he's such a like he's performing yeah and you could tell you could tell he's a little nervous everything's a little extra like the way he picks his hands up the way yeah. he like moves from like chord to chord from bass position you can be like oh like it's a little bit more than necessary but that's that showmanship and he's also a, he's being yeah he's yeah. being a performer and i think again i think like I, I read the Robbie Robertson account, which I, I seriously recommend. Like, it's online if you just want to read his, like, you know, 10 paragraphs about the last waltz. But, like, he talks about um, he talks about being really nervous. And it's something that you don't think about when you watch these crazy concerts. You're like, oh, you know, they're just here. The, here's the band performing with Neil Young and Bob Dylan and everybody. But, of oh. course, they're crazy nervous. And he says, you know, he's like, you know, we... Again, we learned 20 songs in a week. We all thought we were going to screw up. Um, you know, it was a one-shot thing. Like, we yeah. have all these big people here one time, and if if we screw up, you know, it's like we have this audience well, they, here one time. Yeah. It's all very live. It's like a radio show. It's all very live. Well, and he's like, if we screw up, we screw up. But, like, you can tell. And when I watch uh, Rick Danko on the bass, yeah. I'm I'm very aware that, like, I didn't notice it until I read the Robbie Robertson piece, but I was like, oh, he's probably a little nervous. And that's probably why yeah. he's performing in this way. It's very natural. It's but not like, like unnatural, but it's like it's like you're definitely like aware of like they know that this is a big deal. Yeah. No, the, What's cool about the first hour of that concert is like the band knows what's about to happen and everyone backstage knows what's about to happen. But like the audience is just like, yeah, we love the band. Like they have yeah. no idea. And then like and like the band is a little like tense. Although Robbie Robertson does say that like he's like when they did um I think it was the night they drove old Dixie down. He says Levon Helm sang that perfectly that night. And we all noticed that it was like the most perfect he'd ever sang it. And like everybody was like on, it was like, again, it was like a guardian angel. Like they said like, nope, like we should have made mistakes. Like we were all hella nervous. Like he didn't say hello probably, but we were all (laughs) super nervous and like a bunch, we were playing a bunch of songs. We just learned. He's like, we should have made mistakes, but they didn't. And it was like that weird guardian angel thing, you know, that like, it's just a, it's just, it's just like strange thinking from a musician's perspective as like a technical perspective. It's like 
somebody should well, have like, messed up, when, right? So like, even <laughs> there should have like, been some awkward, but there wasn't. So even when comedians like film their specials, you know, right? They film th- literally three specials wearing the same outfit. Mom and I talked about this today because yeah. I was telling her about that. We watched the John Mulaney where he's at them, a, yeah. I think it's the big one in New York. Is it Carnegie Hall? And, yeah, um, right, yeah. And uh, I don't know if it is. But anyway, um, and I was like, yeah, they pro- Alec and Hannah was were at one of those. And I and, and she's like, oh, that one? And I was like, I explained to her like, oh, it's usually like three nights. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've watched comedy specials where they film the audience and you notice that the audience is different. And it always throws me off a little bit. I'm like, oh, yeah. like the audience is switching back and forth because they like splice it together. And then sometimes um, they'll do just one night and like all the pressures on that yeah. one night. But like, the, the yeah, the last waltz was like one night this is it. Yeah. Like we've rehearsed this song once. Can you imagine like, like we have, you know, some big famous person coming in with, to play with radio keys on stage at like Winterland and like, we've we've done it one time. I'd practice the shit out of it on my own. Like I would practice the shit out of it. I think, and I think they probably did, but again, like in a week they learned, you know, a couple of Van Morrison songs, a couple of Joni Mitchell songs. And, and, and he says he's like, Joni Mitchell's chord changes are crazy. Like the way she yeah. writes songs is he's like, we had to learn like this kind well, of that crazy. that song she does is crazy. So. <laughs> You're going to hate her right now. I love Joni Mitchell. I can't. All she's, right. she's a very sophisticated songwriter. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, well, let's they, get back to, they should, they should have messed up yeah, and they didn't. Yeah, about, that's get, my whole let's point. Let's get back to the, the deaths. You're bumming me out with the deaths, and that, that's why I keep trying to derail know, you know, to something so, else. Okay, so my there are you know, two remaining members gone. There are two remaining members. Um, it's Robbie Robertson and Garth. So you, so the the last member that passed away yeah. was uh, Levon, and he died seven years ago, 2012. He finally, uh, he finally. Um, succumbed to throat cancer, which he had been dealing with since uh, the late nineties. Oh, so he, he, so he like he, he his throat was time. so bad in ninety eight they had to stop singing, and then he resumed singing again. It always breaks my heart when singers get yeah. something where they can't but sing. Yeah, Julie Andrews is a great example. She had vocal notes, but, and anyway, yeah, I think we should just kind of cap it there. That's. That's the last waltz. That's the band. I, watch it. Yeah, for Def- sure. Watch I know the last Netflix waltz. pulled it, which is terrible. But but you know what? You can find it. Uh, you know, maybe on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So basically, we have a little bit of Radio Keys news coming up. Uh, we have a show August on 17th. August seventeenth, which is a big one. It has Ross Moore, and then um. Who else is actually on that Morning show? Morning Mountains. Oh, and Morning Mountains, uh, Rossmore, and it's not Overland. It's someone else. I feel like it's Overland. Oh, it's uh, Coast Tribe. Thank you. I think, I'm like, it's our best Coast friends. Tribe, yeah. It's our best friends from Mountain Vibe. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's Coast Tribe. Uh, yeah, Morning Mountains and uh, uh, Rossmore. Yeah. yeah, our buddies. Um, yeah, if if it was also Overland, it would be it would be like a like a. BFF show for sure. Yeah, and then we're yeah. and then after that we're playing um, the the. Uh, that's sorry. It, that's, the at Vin, Door, that's at Vinny's. That's on at Vinny's in Concord, August seventeenth. Then we're playing the uh, the Iron Door Saloon. Is it? Yes. And that's um August twenty. And that's in Groveland. <laughs> the next yeah, weekend. That's the next weekend Seven in Groveland. Seven days later. And then after that we're playing uh, San Ramon Block Party. Right. The last weekend of yeah. August, and then um. 
That's kind of crazy. We're already that's, in yeah, September. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Oh, and you wanted to talk about... So I think it's important that you talk about uh, Stuart and Amber had the privilege oh. of seeing one of the greatest, I think, modern yeah. freaking rock and roll soul bands. Yeah, one of the best. I am so best. jealous. Who did you see? So so when uh, Amber was living in Santa Barbara, um, we... so. How my, long ago was this? Two weeks. Dig ago? into my personal life. So, I met Amber. <laughs> let's dig. Um, when she was living in Santa Barbara, we started dating. I was living here. We were doing long distance, and I was like, "Hey, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night, and the night Sweats. Sweats are coming to the Santa Barbara Bowl, which is one of the most beautiful venues you'll is it like ever an outdoor see. in like it's an- all outdoor. Awesome. And um, you climb up the stairs, and it's right there on the Riviera. You see the entire coast. You see oh, everything. Stop. You see That's all gorgeous. of Santa Barbara from the top. There's a beer garden on the top where you get to see like everything. It's incredible. And um, so we bought tickets. I bought tickets like in March, and yeah. it was in July. So I didn't know that she was going to move in with me. <laughs> Basically, like yeah, I didn't no, know our was relationship was going to be that to that point. And I was yeah. like, in my mind, I was like. Uh, if we're not dating, I'll just bring a friend or something like that. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like what I was thinking. And um, Little did you know. So we were both back in the Bay Area, and we decided to just make a Santa Barbara trip to go see them. Well, what a great excuse to, like, go back and yeah. see all your buds. Totally. And her buds, you know, it's like, it's so a great excuse for both we, of you. Um, we, like, went downtown State Street, which people who know Santa Barbara know that, A, it's just a crown jewel of california like if you haven't been to santa barbara just go it's just beautiful. go it's incredible like i'll never forget when you went you got accepted to uc davis and uc santa barbara and you like saw davis and then you and i made a road trip to santa barbara this is like 10 years ago yeah. forever ago it was, it and was, uh yeah. and and i remember Literally just 10 years wa- ago. we were just walking around and you you just like you were just like this is go- it was just gorgeous anyway it it, it's just a beautiful yeah. place and i'd never been either and i was just like i yeah I, i'd want to live here absolutely so, like we went down downtown for a little bit we had a few drinks we had dinner and then we uh we went to the santa barbara bowl um and there's a band i think it was called L- L- luscious or lucius l-u-c-i-o-u-s and they yeah. were like really like not really our style i'll just be polite and um we went up to the beer garden we took some pictures you know we went go we went back down and we were just waiting for uh the night sweats to play and they come out when it's still daytime and like they start playing, and you're like, oh, I like this song. I love it. And yeah. that happened for every song for the entire night. Like, if you're a Night Sweats fan, you'll you'll sit there, and you'll, you realize, like, oh, I actually like every song on every album that they've ever released. Like, there was not... They're- there was not a second where we were like, ah, this one sucks. Well, they didn't. We'll take a break. I feel like we we uh, said this before, but they didn't suffer the sophomore slump. No, they, they wrote. Their they second went. album, it comes, it starts off with Shoe, Shoe Boot. Shoe Boot, yeah. Which is like, I remember, uh, I think we were driving to Mountain Vibe last year, because I think it came out in 2018, and I like yeah. played it for Tom. I was like, dude, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats just came out with a new, their second album, and like this is the first track, and it's just like this dirty, like drunk, greasy soul, greasy like, ass, yeah. like uh, horns, like yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like and like this fat drum beat, and I'm just like, how dope is this song? Yeah. And Tom, like, he'll show his cars really, like, honestly, and like when he's into something, he's into it, and if he's not, he's not, yeah. you know. And like that's what I, one thing I love about him, and he was just like, this is 
dope. He was like, this you is choke a little dope. bit and you're like, oh, this you're is like, this <laughs> is <laughs> I, the first incredible. song I heard was that song. And I was just yeah. like, God damn, they are back. Like, you know, oh, it's not like, yeah. oh, it's their second album and it's not as good as their no, first. Because yeah. their first album, like, was I, incredible. You, I think you got me that vinyl. I might be wrong, but I think you got me that uh, vinyl. It's possible. I think I'm pretty I did. sure you yeah, got I, me. I think I did. This it's is possible. A, I'm, so I'll take credit I'm for it. I'm pretty sure that Leon Bridges coming home, Leon Bridges is. Uh, coming home. I never know how to pluralize. You can say bridges. Leon Bridges. People like to say bridges is, but you just um, put a little apostrophe. And Nathaniel it's fine. Right, Lift in the Night Sweats. Is it self-titled album? Um, yeah. His first record uh, came out both in. I think they both came out in 2015. And I think you gave me. I'm giving you credit here because I think I'm right. I think you gave me both those vinyls f- as a Christmas gift. Well, I have in my ear to the ground. I have you my were ear like, to the ground. You're gonna love Leon Bridges. I could not stop spinning that record. You're gonna love Nathan Ray Liff, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, dude, I, I am a, I yeah, fucking you're call it, it, dude. dude. I'm, oh my I'm god, giving you the credit. You oh are on it, god. and like, I poor Tom. Like, I was, we were living in Berkeley at the time, yeah. and uh, just I could not stop fucking playing that Leon Bridges record and so, Nathan Ray Liff. and like, so I, so oh when Nathan Ray Liff came out with the second record, I was like, God, I hope it's good, and it was just so goddamn good. But anyway, so Nathaniel Rateliff like pretty much propelled like. Amber and I danced. So we were in this section of all these people just sitting and not drinking. Fuck that. And and then Amber Sorry, like you told me to Amber looks over to the left. <laughs> yeah, Amber looks over to the left and she goes, "Look at that section. They're all dancing over there." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, they are." And she's like, "Let's go over that way." And yeah, like we just dude. go over to this other section. Let's we, go to the fun section. We literally danced the entire time. Oh, dude. Yes. And, that's and the it was best. Incredible. Like that's we were That's the best concert. We drank Beer. I forgot that I bought all these like airplane shooters. You know those little guys. Like oh, like the little yeah, uh, the little tiny. Alcohols. We bought those like like a while back, and and she's like, hey, I have all these airplane shooters in my purse. Is that and, what like, we call them, airplane shooters? I, that's what I call them. They're just I, like I those. always think of friends when Chandler's like, they just make me feel like a giant, like the tiny bottles of alcohol. <laughs> Is that what you mean? That's yes, like a Chandler yeah. line. Um, yeah, uh, we just had the best time, and dude, they, that's so fun. They actually came out, and their uh, what their, was their encore, encore? <gasps> was Shubu. Was Dang. they came out with a shoe Ugh, boot? Yeah. It's so and so also, um, I'm gonna sound like a creep, but uh, Leon Bridges is I can't stop saying it in my head. Leon Bridges is a saxophone player is now the sax player for Nathaniel Rateliff. So I think... They had a lot of features where they brought the horn section up right. front and they did like a thing. Like they did this one thing where they did, they did like a chordal like um, like chamber ensemble kind of thing where there was just like three That's horn so players like playing dope. something. Yeah. Dude, I cannot express to you enough. I will pay money no, to see I, them. I looked at Amber after the concert and I was like, I will pay whatever it takes to see this band Every single time they're in our area. Radio Keys field trip. So, oh, so we do yeah. have an exciting field trip planned for yeah, Radio we Keys. We are seeing in, this is in November, so it's yeah. a ways off. Although time is flying by. Yeah. But uh, we're seeing uh, the Black Keys and, in November, yeah. supported by Modest Mouse. Yeah, it's going to be at the Chase Center. And Shannon and the Clams, who are dope. We saw that they're like a like a 50s yeah. surf rock kind of yeah, band. Yeah. Well, that's Dan Auerbach. Uh, that's like Dan, that's the band that you can tell Dan Auerbach like really wants to like do well dude she's a bad bitch like yeah, she, she plays, plays bass, she plays right? bass and yeah. sings and they have like a super like 50 surf rock vibe that's i like, actually like the guitar player's voice I better really than hers no like offense to her hater i really like them we saw them 
And they're really humble. They're like, we saw them open for Dan Arbach when we saw Dan Arbach in the Easy Eye Sound Review. Yeah, I saw um, them as well in yeah, Los we, Angeles. Yeah, we saw them separately. We yeah. saw them at the Fillmore in San Francisco. And uh, and they were just so, they were so cool. They were just like, thank you so much for like coming early to see us. And like, thank you so much for like listening to us. And like, we're so excited to be touring with Dan, you know, Dan Arbach and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And they were just really, they seemed like really nice kind people and I, yeah. I always like that quality in a band I'm always like yeah like I'm I'm, I'm behind this because you guys yeah. are not divas and, yet I mean definitely cool. check out the Black Keys new album Let's Rock Dude, it worst is, name of all time for an album but it is, it is a good album Walk Across the Water for it's You a good album. is a, yeah, it's a good great album. song it's a great yeah, I'm not the, sure if it's as good as their other albums but like a good Black Keys album is still better than a lot of albums I don't have. know Stu I, I've been listening and like I really like it. That's, yeah. I really like it. I listen to it probably like Let's five or rock. six times. Not and a, like I, I like agree, it. Not a great title. I do like it, but <laughs> dude, the title is really rough. I feel like but they're being, than, are they being a little like facetious? No, they, they for sure are. Like, like if you watched any of like the videos around it oh, or like and Dan the Arbuck's promo. Oh, and like, I'll teach you how to be a rock star. Oh like my that, God, it's, it's so, so funny. hilarious. It's so he's so doing like a, funny. it's not a TED talk. What's it called? A master class? You know, those master class commercials that pop up? He's doing like a fake master class and he's like, I'll teach you to be, you know, it's like Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> teaches you to be a comedian. Yeah. And it's like the masterclass, like, you know, it's always right. that sponsored ad on your fucking Instagram feed. You're like, okay, or this here we go. This chef is going to yeah. teach you how to be a chef, yeah. like masterclass. And then Dan Arbach does like a fake one. I think yeah. they're really funny guys. Well, I think they're yeah. like, and Patrick Carney. They're both Yeah, they have it. like their video for, um, oh, I can't remember which one, but when they're fighting on the playground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where their kids are fighting yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. start fighting. It, anyway, they're just, I think they have a really good, like, sense of humor about themselves. They don't take um, themselves too seriously. No, they're great. Yeah. So I think Let's Rock was just like a fuck it. Like, let's just do this kind of, like, sarcastic-y title. And, like, it's it's a great record. I, yeah. I, I really like I Like, I definitely listened to it the first time. I was like, yeah, this sounds like the Black Keys, which is what you want to hear. You yeah. don't want to hear, like, oh, this sounds like the Black Keys. Turn Blue was the rough one for the Black Keys. But also, honestly, like, listening. I don't listening, hate Turn Blue. I, yeah, I'm, listening. I'm okay so when Turn Blue came out, I was like, oof. Like, this is a tough They're hitting record. a wall. They're hitting a wall. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then they like took a break. But then they took a break. And it so, took a long break. Yeah. So, but now listening back to Turn Blue, I'm like, you know what? I don't really hate this album. All of it's good. Yeah. I don't really All hate of it's it. Good. Like, like it was just, they've never had a slump. It was different. It I don't feel like there's different. a record. We listened to a. We were uh, driving our mom's car today because uh, it's a reliable car, and we have some beaters. And uh, we took it up to Napa, and we were listening to CDs, and uh, we listened to Attack and Release, and I was yeah. like, God damn, this is a good record. But anyway, anyway yeah, so we'll let's wrap, wrap up. this up. Um, Sorry. <laughs> so this is the first podcast in a long time. We got really excited, so it's kind of a long one, but it's all good. Well, you know, I hope we did the last waltz justice. I yeah. hope you go watch it. You really just have to go watch it. Just please go watch it. Just go and, watch um, it. Yeah. Uh, my name's Stuart. My name's Emily. And we're going to keep searching for that. Sweet, Sweet soul music. music.